Hello, welcome to episode 165 of the UK Steelers podcast. You're joined as always by me, Simon Stanley, and I got two co-hosts today. I got Gavin Marshall and I got Ketz. How are you doing, guys? Not too bad. Back, back, better than last week. When it was possibly one of the toughest weeks I've been through, actually, last week. It was tough. Wow. I had flu, was working outside. Just, you know, in my business, you still sort of, unless you got COVID, you still have to turn up to work. So I, I was there shivering at work. And then... Yeah, I just couldn't make the podcast. As much as I wanted to, it just wasn't happening. I needed yeah. to sleep. I feel you, dude. There's been weeks lately where I've just been uh, burnt out. So I think that's the good thing now. We've got like a little collection of, of people, you know. we got we got Mike and, and Dave and, and Rich drops by now and again. And we got friends like Gal and, and, and all sorts of people that have been on, right? So An ensemble cast. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm not going to go through everyone who's been on the show, but you know what I mean? Ram has helped us out in the past, right? So mm. you know, we, we, got a lot of, uh, we got a little crew going. And I think that's yeah. helpful when... We've got a roster. Again. Yeah, yeah, I love roster, yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate all those dudes. How are you doing, Kets? Yeah, all good. All good. I've done a lot of miles up and down the country this week on our failing, miserably diverted um, rail system. But uh, <laughs> oh, Don't even get me started, man. <laughs> I kind of feel like I've pulled on the thread there. I'm intrigued yeah. where it goes. I, I don't do public transport if I can at all avoid it, right? But I, I just had to, I had to get um, a train to Leeds the other day, like at a very specific time. And, and bear in mind, I live in York. This is like the closest, you know, trip I could possibly make. And just the havoc, the havoc, dude. It's like the last train to Calcutta. It's insane. You, you got every other train cancelled. Some dude might have like stepped on a track somewhere. You know, you got fifteen hundred people on a train that's just supposed to fit three hundred. Delights of Northern Rail. Let's not mm. get into politics, right? But we've got. Um, <laughs> but you, presumably, on your journey, no bridges fell down. So you've got uh, Matt Audley to thank for that, because that's oh, very does. topical. We were yeah. talking about Matt Audley's bridge construction before the show. Shout out to Matt Audley. In fact, shout out to all of our show producers who support us on patreoncom forward slash UK Steelers podcast every month. Rob Ferguson, Matt Hansen, Matt. Oh, I did it again, right? I've got to split them up. I said that, that last week, didn't I? I did, right? See, I didn't correct it. I said it and I didn't correct it. So I'm going to do it in the in the in my notes right now, right now. Okay, done. Matt Hansen, Matt Audley, Glenn Jones, and Joel Spencer. Um, give them their props, Gav. Thank you, guys, and I appreciate you sticking with us despite me uh, muddling up your names. I mean, you've come to expect that. I mean, I can't even say coin toss correctly, so... Ooh. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, and shout out to everyone who's, who's supporting us on Patreon. We really appreciate that. Um, you know, Josh K, Gal, and, and everyone else on there, so... Thanks, guys. Um, Is Gal gonna... a Patreon? Oh, yeah, man. 100%. Oh. Well, I Amazing. feel like we, we owe him something now. Now, yeah. I want to investigate this, maybe just before we get to the show, and there's only three of us, so maybe it'll be a bit of a quicker show, so we can get into these threads. Now, I want to investigate Gal's relationship with Ketz because, um, you know, Gal Leo West, as many of you know, our, our, uh, our spy track of the show, our explosive guest who comes on once a year. Uh, I've been friends with him for, for many a year over on uh, one of the Facebook pages talking about the NFL, lives in Australia. Ketz, it seems, has sparked, sparked up quite the relationship with him in, in recent months. Do you care to elaborate, Ketz? Yeah, we've been uh, just chatting on random subjects that impacted kind of both of our lives and... Uh... You know, since he was on the show, just kind of casually chatting to him about NFL stuff and about other random stuff. Um, yeah. The latest um, episode was he had some kind of discussion with a member of Aldi staff who ID'd him when he was trying to pick up a pizza and a $5 bottle of wine um, <laughs> to watch the 1979 classic film Alien. Um, <laughs> That's so funny because he was talking to me about it. See, this is what I mean. This is what I like. I think that you're starting to pick up now what I appreciate about Gal all this time. 
You know, yeah. I think maybe, maybe there'd been question marks in the past from certain members of the show. I think Hetz is picking up on it now. And I also think he'll get a kick out of this. If Gal had an action figure, it would be a $5 bottle of wine that he came with, you know, as a little... <laughs> a little in, in his accessory pack. Yeah, in his accessory pack. <laughs> Right. And he would also have a list of the um, the Steelers QBs that we forgot on the quiz, which he was winding me up about and saying <laughs> yeah. it still makes him sad that we forgot so many. Yeah, we didn't forget a lot of those names. The, the format of the quiz was a little bit confusing. We've been over this. Yeah, it's quite. It's a bit like there was a uh, back in the nineties. There was that the fantasy football show, and they had Stato. He's a bit of a Stato, is gal, isn't he? He's always bringing up like right top five NFL uh, receiving yards. Guys, you know, that's that's his forte, isn't it? Like, he loves all that stuff. The, the Stato reference has gone right over my head, as I'm sure you can imagine, but I, I, I think I'm getting what you're putting down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he could have his own... If we expanded this to include a random Patriots fan, we could have Gal's little corner with some, like, stats of the week. He could yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Don't say that, because he'll be sending in all sorts. He's yeah. sending us voice messages <laughs> as you speak. As we, yeah. yeah. Right, okay, enough. His ego has been stroked too much at the start of the show. Well, he's a okay. Patreon, so... Uh, uh, well, yeah. Shout out to all patrons, both UK, yeah. American, and Australian. Exactly, exactly. We love you all. Maybe you know, send me some personal details about you all, and you'll all get a five-minute segment at the start of the show. <laughs> we do have that one listener in Budapest. I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, get in, in touch. He, um, yeah, if, if you're listening to this and you're in Budapest, we see you on the listening figures every week. There's one one listener in there. So I mean, you know, get in touch. Give us your name. We'll give you a shout out for being in a random country. That's not just me going on holiday to random places. It could be, yeah. yeah. It's probably no, the no, it's, you left it's behind. been consistent. Right, let's yeah, roll if you, if you had a Mexican <laughs> listener, it's probably um, me or Phil, one or two. Is, is, the Phil, is Phil the monkey? No, but he went to a oh, similar Phil place to the, me okay, a week right. after I did. I'm yeah. with you. Okay, game review. This let's is go. getting very parochial. <laughs> like, if you're the first time you listen to this point, like, who are these people? that they? What are they talking about? In fact, I'll Very stop fair listening. point. I know. I try to, so, uh, please try to avoid continue. that usually, but here we are, five minutes in, and, and we've not even spoke about the game that occurred this weekend, and maybe that's for the best. Um, the Steelers go down 16-10 to the Miami Dolphins in a frustrating Sunday night football loss. Um, this it, it was a frustrating game. I mean, we start awfully right, and it looks like it's going to be a blowout. You're getting um, feelings like we got in that Buffalo game a couple of weeks ago. But despite the same old problems on offense, the defense adjusts. You know, we start to frustrate Tua and the Dolphins, who were unable to score in, in the second half in its entirety. Um, Kenny's given a golden opportunity with just over two minutes left in the second half, down six in four-down territory to go and win the game. Um, that drive develops nicely, right? After a fourth-down conversion, Pickett decides to throw for it all. With, with you know, I think maybe time was a factor there. I think, you know, rookie mistakes aside, I think he's in his own head there thinking about, you know, there's less than 30 seconds on the clock or whatever it is. So he decides to throw into the end zone. There's some kind of miscommunication, it feels like, or a bad throw. Gets picked off by Noah. Igbohonege. Nope, can't do it. Igbohonege. <laughs> and uh, great and then that's the end of the game, right? Great, Yeah, great pick to get the two feet in, in bounds. So, you know, fair play to him. But it's it's just kind of, kind of the opposite of last week, right? Where I felt like there was this impending doom that we were definitely going to let the game slip away, that we had kind of locked up all day. And this was the opposite. I felt like we were going to win this game. It felt like we were coming down the final drive to win it by one, and I, w- I was believing. I, I don't know, man. I, how much do you think the rain played into this second half? I don't Doom? know. Because 
it didn't show up so much, but when they, it was when they cut to uh, what's their name? Uh, what's their owner's name? Ross, uh, Stephen Ross. Yeah. They cut to that shot, and you could just see like these clouds of steam. I was thinking, oh wow, it's it's raining. It hadn't really shown up on my TV. I hadn't really noticed it. But if you look at the drive chart, I mean, second half Steelers uh, goes punt, 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 interception, interception, and the Dolphins goes turnover on downs, punt, 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 end of game. So, like, this was an absolute, you know, nuclear Armageddon of, of offense in that second half. So I, I wonder how much the conditions really played into that, and in in some ways helped the Steelers stop yeah. stop the you know the blowout. But in the other hand, also killed any chances of putting any points on the board. I, I don't want to necessarily take away from what the defense did in adjusting though. Right? It felt like because because in the first, I know the rain obviously picked up, but in the first quarter, they, I mean, we had wide receivers running wide open, and I think if the Dolphins could have stuck with that, even if the percentages went down, they would have done. Um, yeah, but but, but I, I, it wasn't, wasn't just that wasn't just the first half. That still that still carried on. Mm. But it's just that um, Tua decided he was going to start throwing to Steelers players, yeah. which I just what I, I just think the accuracy of both QBs just fell off a cliff. Mm. So um, I don't know. Am I am I giving to you know this was a this was was this the first test of the small hands? <laughs> God man, I don't know. <laughs> I, there wasn't any fumbles, was there? I no. mean, not that he was getting that much pressure. I think we got to give him some leeway on the small hand thing, right? I don't know. I, this is well, this is just getting into the part of the year where it's going to become a factor if it yeah. rears its head. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if fumbles start coming, that's one thing. But I don't know if we can start blaming every miscommunication and off-target throw on his short hands or the rain or mm. anything else for that matter. I, you know, I'm sure there's. But both teams are dealing with the same thing, like you said, and, and neither team could score in the second half, so maybe it did impact it. But. Mm. Um. The run games were shut. You know, I mean, they were running the ball all over us in the first half as well. So it's true. Yeah. Um, on offense, though, we'll start there. Mike Tomlin was asked after the game about obviously the Matt Canada offense and and pressure does feel to be building in that realm. And there's a few things I'll, I'll mention here. Firstly, he said uh, at this point. So he's asked about the jet sweeps specifically, right? The jet sweeps in the offense. At this point, they're not innovative anymore. Full stop. Yeah. <laughs> that does not sound like a OC with a lot of rope. No. I mean, were they ever innovative? They were innovative maybe 10 years ago. But yeah, yeah. can you build a whole offense on off that system? I don't know. It doesn't appear to it doesn't appear that way now. It didn't work last year, did it? No. Um and then another interesting piece, I don't know whether Kets was going to bring this up, but our friend Rob Ferguson who, in the fantasy league actually was posting about this. Uh I thought this was interesting because he'd done this with with students of his. Um, he said last week, I think Simon asked on the podcast if our passer rating was higher during hurry up offense. So uh, I put my data science to the to the task. The only way I could think of getting these numbers uh, was the final two minutes of the second and fourth quarter, which is obviously imperfect. But I just got my second year undergraduate class doing the analysis and they have no idea about the NFL. What we found was that the Steelers EPA, since which is, uh, what's that stand for again? It's... Uh, expected points expected uh, points per play is over average i think over mm. average that's it expected points over average how so the 20... heck do you work this out i don't know you need I, some kind of yeah. advanced mathematics degree well that's that, luckily that's exactly what rob ferguson has yeah. so since 2020 the, uh, the steelers epa has been negative in in basically every situation so the, so wait so they, they've been below what they're expected yeah, is that what so, you're saying so well this is the the final note on this so every play we play makes us generally sorry generally reduces the chance of us scoring any points <laughs> yeah. which is which is quite an amazing way to put it right if we <laughs> well it kind I mean, of sums up the offense doesn't it they, yeah. they can they can get downfield but they can't score yeah 
<laughs> Which is a problem in the game around scoring. And and this brings us on to talking about Kenny Pickett, right? Because uh, we're starting to see now, I think, what is it, three or four games in, um, the hot take artists are coming out. And and, and I think there's oh fair criticism. God. There's fair criticism out there as well. But it but it's separating the wheat from the chaff in that sense. There is. Let's temper any any criticism. Yeah. But but I am hearing some. Have you seen all the comps that people are saying? Oh, this is this is Taylor he- Taylor Heineke. It's just ridiculous. It, it truly is ludicrous. I mean, I, I got frustrated just the other day on in one of the Facebook groups with with one of my good friends who was saying that you know Kenny's thrown seven picks and said, I was like, watch the picks. I mean, this is just such a lazy internet narrative. Mm. I, I have I, I haven't gone back and counted them, but but in my head, at least four or five of them are on receivers. Yeah, um, but not in this game. Well, well, one of them is on one of them was, Claypool but... tripping over, and that's maybe that's not Claypool's fault either, but it's definitely not Kenny Pickett's fault. I mean, um, you, you, at the second pick, are you going to say it's are you going to say it's on DJ for not fighting back to the ball? No. I mean, you could you could argue that if you were you could. putting the rose tinted Joey Burr spectacles. I think on. you could put the rose tinted glasses on the both of the second the two picks. I mean, the last one obviously should never have been thrown. He should have ran that ball down to the ten yard line. Um, but but the you know the rose tinted glasses amongst us might say that there was a miscommunication there. It seemed like there was. I, I think you've got to look at two plays before that one. I'm putting that pick on the stupidity of the O line and the penalties, which put him in a third and sixteen situation yeah. when he was in third and one, two snaps before. And mm. that's exa- that's exactly what I wanted to talk about because this offense was kind of rolling, and we, and we were kind of seeing rolling is the wrong term because for the entirety of the game it's just a, a wet blanket that doesn't go anywhere but what you, you kind of see and I said this last week when every play is run perfectly we can pick up 12 or 13 yards every three plays right and we have to run every we play have perfectly to run every play perfectly Kenny Pickett was perfect five for five behind the line of scrimmage 80 in that drive 18 for 20 in the game for, for not to five yards uh, past the line of scrimmage, his throws, right? So if it was it, within five yards, he was 18 of 20. He was nine of 10 from five to 10 yards. So from zero to 10 yards throwing the ball, he was 91.4% completion rate, right? Now past 10 yards, five for 12 with three interceptions. So the mm. problem is coming when Kenny's in deep situations and having to throw the ball deep. Now, whether that's because we're trying to scheme up some kind of shot play like we did early, or whether that's because he's forced into these throws by, like you said, offensive line penalties, getting us backed up to third and 16. And on third downs, people are expecting a thrown ball. Yeah. Mm. So I think the analysis is we need to look into why Kenny's struggling with some of these deep balls, maybe. But yeah. what, what's clear is he looks very efficient in the sh- in the short game. That's his, that's his short and intermediate. That's that's where he makes hay. He he, he doesn't have the, the the massive deep ball arm. Mm-hmm. I think and that's a limitation. That with, yeah, we've seen that with some underthrows, right? Mm. I thought you said you didn't like the decision on the, on the third pick. I thought it was a good decision. It was just woefully inaccurate. Yeah. If he if he'd put that in the right in the pickle barrel, it would've been fine. But he just it was just a savagely pulled I, like a I, faded ball. I really don't know what to make of that throw because after the game he he said it was a miscommunication. So I, I don't know what to believe him because I, I agree with you. I mean it looks like an underthrown ball, but if that's an underthrown ball that's an awfully underthrown ball. For oh, I mean, it's like five meters. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a bit much. Three meters wide of where it should be, right? I mean, Three. DJ's not even making an attempt on that play because he stood there thinking, like, why is this ball like so so far away from the end zone? And so, you know, he put it on himself and he said that was a miscommunication between him and DJ. You know, it's up to you whether you want to believe that narrative. But mm. um, we and are that... seeing this every week now with deep throws. Yeah, and don't forget there was the one which very nearly picked off as well in the fourth quarter, which was the one to Muth, which was 
was a bad decision, ill-advised throw. And uh, it was uh, for G. Dellum, whoever that is, who uh, had, the, had the perfect opportunity to undercut the route and got his hands on it, p- broke the pass up, but nearly caught it. I mean, so that was nearly a game-ender. So, I mean, I, I have Ran, Ran's voice in my head saying, this is all going according to plan. And why are you, why are you panicking? He, you know, he's got this theory that they wanted, they wanted Pickett to play 12 games because that's what he would have played in college. So that's why he came in when he came in. And they want him to make all these mistakes. And this is all, you know, all part of the process. This isn't a test. This is him learning, you know, making the rookie errors. And then really, you know, they get rid of Matt Canada. And then next year, we, we really get to see the real... Real Kenny Pickett. That's 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 the voice of reason on optimism from Rand. I'm not sure if I'm quite that optimistic because there, there are concerns here. But- I, understand, I understand that narrative, and I think we've got some pieces that are very nice and very complementary. You've got Pickett, Pickens, DJ. If he starts catching balls as as well as he tries to catch his uh, salary payments every month. Uh, Moose clearly works very well over the middle. I'm, I'm just saying, if he's getting paid that much, he's got to be productive for me. DJ catching a stray there. I mean, I, I mean, okay. <laughs> Last week it was James Pierre. This week DJ. <laughs> I'll come for anyone if they're not performing. I'm not bothered. How many targets did he get? I'm not sure. Um, just looking for. Oh, to that. be fair, he did get ten targets for. Yeah, five. ten, ten and five, forty-two yards, average of eight point four. Again, this speaks to his, his misuse, in my opinion. But anyway, continue with your point, Kit. Yeah. Um, they've just all got to perform, haven't they, for, for anything to happen realistically at the moment. And I think, yes, Pickett is going to make mistakes. We've seen him making mistakes. But equally, you know, he's put us in positions where we've got a chance to win a game against, what, some very difficult... I think we said, you know, this is the four games of death kind of thing. Mm. It was that kind of narrative that we're in a really difficult part of the season. Um and for a rookie to go out there and learn against the likes of Tampa Bay and Miami when they've come into this season really well. And, oh, he's only got the 6-0 and um, Eagles to play next week. I'm sure that will go really well. Um, you know, you're just looking at it going, yes, you've got to put this in some kind of realistic context. And, yes, we're, you know, 2-5. and five, But we're probably not going to have that competitive season that people want us to think that the Super Bowl this year was always the the kind of maintaining the the non-losing record which I think has gone now but equally if we don't do very well he has this season learning and we get an early draft pick we can get some real quality players in next year hopefully improve that O-line hopefully improve the the edge rushing position on the other side of the ball and then you know build that team up over the next two or three years We've got five years of, of Kenny in his rookie contract. As long as we're competitive by third, fourth, fifth year, I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's just a case of, at the moment, it's inconsistent, isn't it? There's there's good, there's very good things. I think he's has a better effect on the offense than, than Mitch did, although Mitch came in and looked like that in, in relief. But I think from a, from a starter's perspective, the offense looks better with Pickett. It's just that there's, there's these mistakes. So can can he iron out the mistakes? Can he can he be clutch? And you know, are we going to see just an overall improvement in inconsistency? That's the main thing. It's like most most quarterbacks can do good things, but it's can they do it consistently in in the two minute drill? You know, that's when you need it. So we we yet to really see him take the game by the scruff of a neck and win it, are we? 
And I think that that's what Rich was saying after the game, right? We were talking to him and he was saying, you know, Ben would have gone out and won that game. And, yeah. you know, in some ways that's not a fair criticism, right? Because Ben's Ben and, and you know, we, and, and I think this was the game where I really started to miss, I mean, obviously I've missed Ben, but I mean, I, you know, you felt it in this game because you thought this was a drive that Ben would have led for a touchdown. Just, just, just for a point of order, I think Rich said Ben would have done, won it in his rookie season. Mm. Right, so that Fair wasn't where Ben yeah, was. So ben. that is a, fair, a more fair criticism. Yeah, I but, yeah. But the the counter to that is, was was the team better hmm. when Ben was yeah. in that team? Was it, it was, you know? So yeah, I don't know. And it was a different time in you know, the, the NFL defenses are playing take away the deep pass now. It's hard to pass deep. Look at what's happened to Russell Wilson. He can't he can't complete a deep pass. You know the the Chargers and the the Rams. Have, you know, changed defenses in the NFL now. What you know, in some ways, the Steelers have ended up with the perfect quarterback, uh, quarterback for the modern NFL. In that he, he's he's a guy that can pick apart a zone. He can he can spray balls in the short and intermediate, and that's where you're going to need to win because teams are just stopping the deep pass because they know that's a, a route to to failure. So, so the, maybe, prob- the problem there comes because, like, like you say, I mean, I, I think that in the short and intermediate game, Pickett has been pretty excellent, right? I mean, that, that's where he's looked great, and the problem comes from. The, the Steelers' offense getting backed up in other ways, bad play calling, penalties, um, just just a lack of consistency in our ability to move the ball downfield for other reasons. Well, they so, can move the ball downfield, they just can't score. Yeah, it's like they need a a red zone package, you know. I mean, like let's let's do some things to help to to get some points on the board. I think you know that that's where the OC can come in and, and draw up some plays that aren't just going to get you killed. At, that, the, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Is I think that. We need an offensive coordinator who can come in, see what Kenny Pickett does best, and, and build a, a playbook around him. Just, the problem is, the Steelers tend to swing wildly and overreact. I think with their hires and with their sort of, what you know, trying to fix things, they sort of overfix it. What do you think that the reaction to getting rid of Canada? Because Canada came in with like a sort of gadget sort of resume, right? Although. The gadget is now old and tired, and it looks, you know, you'd see it in like a thrift store. It's not exactly the latest gadget. <laughs> but uh, do you think they're going to react and go really traditional? That's what I concern. Really conservative, more like a Randy Feekner kind of guy. I, I think that would be a mistake. I think they need to go more creative. More creative, yeah. It, yeah. Creative creativity isn't the problem, is it? It's gimmicky creativity. Is is I, I think you can't. I don't, yeah, is is he a, is Matt Canada a creative offensive coordinator? I mean, maybe, but but I don't. Twenty years ago, cre- yeah, exactly. Creativity isn't limited just to you know what Matt Canada does. I mean, Sean McVay is a creative play caller, right? I mean, mm. but, he, but he's, not, he's not gimmicky. So I I don't know. I I just think and there's talk right that you know Adidi Kinkabala said on uh, an interview to on Pony's radio show this week that she thinks that if the offense doesn't perform against the Eagles, Matt Canada could be out. She, she kind of tried to walk that back on Twitter because she's uh, increasingly become an awful reporter in recent years, but yeah, so I, I was saying, I was having this chat with Ran earlier. Well, you know, I said, I think they, they get, they need to get an OC in that really understands passing concepts. Oh, and, and maybe running game too. <laughs> oh, actually. And really they need a guy that understands O-line blocking. So yeah, they need. And then I was like, oh yeah, they just need a good, a, need a a good coordinator. coordinator <laughs> I think you just got to look at the pieces that we've got though, because if you look at George and um, DJ and Moose, if you put these players in, just put them in Chiefs uniforms, for example, for example, with that OC and that head coach, 
how much better would they perform in the same players and you've not done anything to change them? You've just changed the playbook. Well, Juju you... went off this weekend, didn't he? Yeah. Exactly. So those players that were kind of stagnated because of the lack of creativity in in the Pittsburgh offence because of the staff. And I don't know how much of that is because Tomlin is a defensive head coach, but you almost want to forget about that side of the ball completely and say, right, we want to get an offence with a staff member. Their aim is to score 40 points every game, no matter who we play. I'll just score 40 points. Well, you've got to run the ball well, but you've got to pass the ball even better. Go and get a guy that can deliver that. And then when a team is held to 16, 20, 25 points by our defence, which is really good when TJ is going to come back, hopefully. You know, that's the difference between winning games of football and losing games of football. At the minute, if we're trying to win everything 17, 16, then we're just not putting points on the board and that's what's leading to our failure on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, they just need to find a way to get guys open. It just seems like people aren't open or or they're... Just fighting. It's just every, everything's a battle. It's a battle in the run game. I mean, they, they they did have a bit more success. They found that sort of outside run a couple of times with Najee looking good. So maybe that's something to build on there. But you know, it's like the only successful run play the Steelers have had in like three years. So presumably the Eagles are swatting up on that and going right. We need to stop this because this is the only thing they can do. Yeah. So they need to do a counter off that or a fake or something. Najee, yeah. Uh... Yeah, average 4.1 yards per carry in this game. 17 carries for 65. Um, not, you know, a better game than we've seen out of Najee this year. Um, but we, even so, we're still in this position where we lack any explosive plays in the running game. That's what I'd love to see is just, let's crank off a, a long run. When was the last time we saw the Steelers? Even yeah, back they, to the Le'Veon Bell days. They had, they had uh, well, 16 yards was was good. <laughs> that's that's for, for Najee, that's pretty long. I that's mean, four yards away from an explosive play, Gab. I won't allow it. I know. All right. But it's quite, it's, it, it was in terms of the through the eyeglass of the Steelers, it was explosive. And when was the, when was the last time we had a 100 yard rushing day from Najee? I don't know. I don't has know. He ever had that one? Yeah, did he, he, has he had has, one? Yeah, yeah he has he's had, one, had a yeah. couple. I think, was, I think someone was saying it last week that he had a couple mm. last year, but it's been a long time. He showed his receiving juice as well. Feels feels like a while since we've seen that sort of yeah. juke and spin in space. Well, see more of that, yeah. I mean, he yeah. had the Madden joystick out right for that fifty yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but that maybe that was the uh, the play out of the boot. Maybe it was true all along. Yeah. I mean, okay, but no one successful play. Oh, oh, sorry, you're talking about that. Sorry, the 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 plate in his boot. I thought you yeah. said the play out of the boot. No, 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 no. The plate, <laughs> the plate out of his cleat. That ah, he, he said he was struggling with yeah. I and mean, this was the first game without it wasn't it and he did look a bit more mm. a bit more zesty if you like alright well let's give Nalji some time I'm, I'm fine with that um, and, and the old line was it felt like opening a few holes for him right in this game a little bit mm. um, we do yeah. need to clear up that now no, Ketz you, you sent a message to us not an hour ago bemoaning uh, something about the old line what was it just generally the left hand side of it is abysmal <laughs> Dunmore was getting driven back in this game so hard. He was on his tiptoes being driven back in, you know, if you'd have been doing draft coverage, you'd have said, no, this guy's a bust. It's as simple as that. He was just getting pushed backwards and he just had no control over that kind of leverage or he was so like vertically high up. He wasn't low. He wasn't in any kind of position where he could have won on that, on that particular down. 
There was other examples where I wrote down there was an example where the whole of the left hand side of the the O line failed in its entirety, um, which I think was on the sack actually. I'm um, just trying to find my note where I've written it down on here. Um, it was the sack, so- yeah. The, dot, I, I've got it here. Dotson left Cole to help Moore. Cole's guy flushed Pickett, and Dotson failed to help Moore, getting beat round the edge with the sack. Minus 11 yards on second and 11. So basically, just they're trying to help out each other out, but not helping. Yeah. Getting in the way, not doing anything. There was another play where uh, Moore tries to block the outside guy on a stunt and just gives up like a meter of gap that lets Jalen Phillip have this like inside space. I mean, I don't know what is going. Was that like was that just a mental slip up? Was he was he was that was that the scheme that you 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 take the outside guy and you just let a guy just blast on your inside hip? I mean, I've always thought that if 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 there's gaps that you know you want to like skinny down the line so that you're 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 staying tight to your guard's hip so that you've got no interior gaps because that's a, that's a, a, the quickest way of getting your quarterback blowed up, which is what happened. But I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with more. He's not not long for this. I was going to say not long for this world. That's a bit a bit much. <laughs> not long for this this offensive line. And you get shut down on, on various platforms for saying death threats like that. No, that was it? not my that was not my uh, intention. Um, <laughs> so Dotson got death threats last week. This week is Sai giving them to Dan Moore. No, no, no. Everyone live long and fruitful lives um, post mm. their career in this awful offensive line. But uh, Dan Moore, it, it feels is. Uh, Probably, but if you were to rate, right, I mean, maybe this is not a scientific exercise, but if you were to rate how this offensive line is playing this year, the five starters on this line, what would your ranking be? Uh, I'd get uh, Dave to answer that question. I'd probably go, oh, it's tricky. Uh, they've all had their little spells of not being mm. great. You'd probably go, oh, I don't know, man, Cole, then Daniels, then Chucks, then Dotson, then more. But that was exactly what I was going to say. Or maybe Daniels, Cole, maybe Cole, yeah, Daniels. Yeah, one yeah, or the yeah. other. But that, yeah, it's exactly. It what It feels I was like say. Daniels has got better. Like he started rough, but he's got better. I, I think also maybe Chucks. Shout out to Chucks, who hasn't been causing us major issues this year. I don't think. Yeah, he's better on the right. And, so. and he's yeah, exactly. And he's you know he's had a couple of tough tough matches. Should we just head over to the uh, three letter place to see how they're doing over there? Uh, where are we? Ooh. Oh, oh no! Uh, right, okay. So uh, we've got uh, top-rated lineman is Chuck. No, it's Daniels. Daniels on a seventy grade with a pass blocking grade of eighty and a run blocking grade of sixty-two. Then it's Chuck's sixty in the sixties all across the board. Then it's Cole just scraping sixty on the pass blocking. The rest is mid sixties. Then it's Dotson high on the pass blocking sixties but low in everything else. And then more is yeah in the fifties, not yeah. looking good. So kind of similar to what we thought, although more in the middle. yeah more is ranked sixty seventh out of seventy seven qualifying tackles. So there are ten starting tackles worse than more in the league. Hmm. Well, and I'll ask you this because well, who was the highest graded offensive player from PFF this week by a country mile by fifteen points or more? Pickens. Yes. Um, Claypool, I think. You got Pickens, you got Claypool. It was Kevin Dotson. You're joking. No. 85, no. well, probably about 84 on the, on the chart rating. Luke was second, just under 70. So, I mean, the the, the 
the thought was in this game that Dotson had his best game of the year, but Ketz tells me no. No, the left side, no good. I didn't I didn't I didn't see that myself, but then maybe sometimes this is why we need Rich to like highlight these things. Well, this is the thing, right? Because the offensive line is such a, a collaborative unit that it's difficult to attribute blame and failure all the time, right? Yeah. And I think you know, but you know, fair play if if uh, if that's the rating is that high, then fair play to him. But uh, mm. you, you would need to see that consistently. And, we, and I will say, you know, two sacks on we did throw the ball a lot in this game, right? We had forty-four dropbacks, um, two sacks, one QB hit. Not the end of the world in terms of an output. No, um, it's true. The pass protection uh, wasn't bad. There was a lot. There was quite a few quick. Quick game. Yeah, that was. Sort of yeah. plays, getting kind the ball of out fast. Line. Yeah. yeah. So, it had to be, otherwise there would have been sacks. Because there were times, especially in that sort of four-minute, two-minute offence towards the end, where mm. Kenny was throwing it as he was being hit. Dan Moore's rating, by the way, almost touching 40. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it was a rough game for him. <laughs> so, That's fair. Literally on the opposite sides of that chart there, that left-hand side of the line. Um, but but what, what, I mean, where, where else are you going to turn? Trade, trade, no trade deadline's gone now, isn't it? I mean, you that's can't not, trade for, you can't you're not, you're not going to trade for a tackle that's any one. better than him. It was right. Yeah. So, I mean, the alternatives are Trent Scott or uh, John LeGlue, who's still down as a tackle. Is he even with the team? I don't even know. thought he went to the Bears. Maybe he's back. Uh, help us out with a postcard there. Uh, yeah. Didn't he? Yeah, he did. Uh, wait, am I thinking of someone else? He did, he did go, right? He left. I thought he left, but it looks like he he's, maybe he's back. Hmm. Maybe not. I don't know. Who was it that went to the Titans? Was that LeGlue? Yeah, maybe it was LeGlue. I'm just looking at the uh, um, the team that was active yesterday. I don't see his name, so I'm assuming he is. Yeah, he's not He's not on the team. <laughs> so he's probably the best chance we've got. <laughs> A player that's not <laughs> the on the team. The man on a different team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to check the practice squad. But, I mean, listen, we could talk about this O-line for this reason until we're blue in the face. We said this before the season, right? We didn't invest in it, and this is what it's got us. And hopefully next year we can start to improve it, and maybe that'll improve some of Kenny's uh, confidence throwing the ball deep. We'll see. But right now, I think, looking at it today, I think at least two of these positions probably need to be swapped out. Potentially more. <laughs> so... Well, you never know. I mean, the Steelers might end up with quite a high draft pick and they're not going to be taking a quarterback. So the quarterback needy team maybe will move up and uh, Steelers can cash in. A little bounty of picks. Yeah. But I will say this. So you were talking earlier about, um, you know, is it if the players are on the Kansas City offense, you know, just by want of mm. having uh, an offensive head coach and a better coordinator. I will say this to just defend Tom. I know you weren't coming at Tomlin, but just, to, you know, just just... I think what Tomlin does offer is he keeps us in some of these games we have no business being in sometimes. Definitely. In the sense that, like, we can sometimes pick a win out of a, you know, out of that Bucks game last week. I think we could have won this game in reality if a couple of things swing a bit differently. Uh, against a team that has a vastly superior offense because we kind of see these positive defensive game plans that are just on the fly. And, and we've also seen examples where that's not happened and, and people have rightly got on Tomlin for it. But. You know, the Steelers rarely get really blown out, you know, outside of that Buffalo game. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I will give Tomlin some credit there. I think we did see defensive adjustments, and I think we, we're seeing, despite a lot, you know, TJ Watts out, our number one corners out, we've got major injuries that should be affecting our defence, and we're staying in games against really explosive, high-powered offences. So mm. I think that's the, the opposite side of the coin that you get for not having the offensive guy. Whilst dropping the most INTs by any team in a game oh, this we'll season. Oh, we'll get to that. 
<laughs> Let's stick to the offense for now. It's just when you mentioned things could, could have gone slightly differently, and I'm thinking that's one, that's two, that's uh, three, that's four. four. <laughs> According um, to everything I'm looking at here, John Leglu is still a practice squad member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, check that. Did he come back? Yes. Or did we leave? He never left. Out? He never Wait, left. So, you've, had, you've had some kind of Mandela effect here that John uh, Maybe I have. No, hang on. Did Join someone me. else leave? Who was the other uh, tackle we had in the preseason? Someone went to the Joe Titans. Haig. Joe Haig. That's who left. You're right. Okay. The glue is still the glue guy. But why is he not in the... Why is he on the practice squad? Hang on a minute. <laughs> who's sitting on the bench at tackle who's better than John LeGlue? Trent yeah. Scott is officially on the tackle uh, depth chart. Okay, so it seems a bit odd to me, but okay. Well, yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. So where do you turn? You've got nowhere to turn from Dan Moore. So let's just hope that Dan Moore puts it together. Yeah. Uh, okay. Where were we? Uh, oh, well, best, uh, we talked about Najee. We mentioned Jalen Warren. Um, playing. Did we talk about? Down. Did what? we? Did we? Did we mention Jalen Warren? I don't think we did. I mean, the uh, guy just goes continues to go from strength to strength, and they showed the faith they had in him on that uh, fourth and one, right? I, mean, I feel like I've just. Did I, did I just walk into a wall? I was like, all right, we <laughs> mentioned Jalen Warren. You went, whoa, wait, Jalen Warren? <laughs> I thought you said we mentioned Jalen Warren. All right, anyway, well, there you go. That's the uh, Jalen Warren section of the podcast. That's we need to talk about Jalen Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Well, uh, I don't know. Matt Cannon doesn't know because he only run the ball two times. Um, Successfully. I, yeah, let's just keep, you know, let's keep getting him a few touches. I suppose Najee was rolling in this game, so that's fair enough, but. Caught two passes, had two rushing attempts, um, mainly on there and third down. Pass protection is a lot better, though, so, you know, that's something at least. We're getting something out of him, but I would like to see him give us some run. I don't know. I, I, I like the role he's got. And, you know, I mean, think about all those years where we thought, oh, third and one, fourth and one, nothing's going to happen. Here comes Benny Snell just to run into the back of a guard or whatever. <laughs> Suddenly, you've got Jalen Warren, who's a little nutcase out there running hard. So why is he not running the ball on every third? Like in the fourth in the fourth quarter, Najee ran the ball, failed to pick up the first down, and then we punted from our own forty-two. Yeah, right. I don't know what's going on there. Let's let's have some consistency here. That punting decision. Yeah. There was a couple of them, to be honest. I actually, I, I actually think that he was proven right. I mean, we got the ball back, and we were within thirty yards of scoring the touchdown to win the game. So I actually think that when you look at the game script, he's actually made the correct decision there. Steelers had every chance to win this game. They had it. They yeah, exactly. had it. If you if you take right, okay, we're going away on on prime time to Miami, and you're going to be driving downfield with you know a minute or so on the clock to win the game. You take that, right? One hundred percent. Yeah. So I, I don't think you can one hundred percent put it on management. This yeah. I think I do. I do think Kenny has to shoulder some of the blame here. Yeah, agreed. I do think if you had a 10% chance to win with the defence or a 90% chance to win with the offence, Tomlin would look at it and go, yeah, we'll punt. I genuinely think he expects something to happen with this defence and yeah, that well, doesn't with the offence. Nothing. I, I do think the conditions played played a, fact, you know, yeah. a factor here. Yeah. Nothing was happening in offence. No, neither team. And they, they, the weapons that offence has got, it's a high-power offence, right? I mean, maybe... Maybe they don't get the results, but they certainly get the production in terms of yards and big plays. Yeah. Um, and, and they they were kind of hampered a bit. Yeah, true. Uh, we talked about the receivers a little bit. DJ, steady night, we said 5 for 42. Still think he's being pit, pit, pitifully misused, given the amount of money he's... How, how, how would you use him? I just want to get him the ball in space. I don't understand why every throw that he gets is him like going up to compete with body catches. Like that's not his game. His game should be 
Let's get him a little bit of space to run in. Let's let's encourage some yak out of him, which is what he's best at. Why is every throw to him either at the sideline running out of bounds or where he's having to try and leap up and get it like he's Chase Claypool? It's the targets to him are just they're just completely misusing the number one receiver. It's insane. He's you a route running technician, isn't he? They should be getting him somewhere in the middle where he can do a move, yes. cut back, break someone's ankles, run back the other way, and be clear in space or. or sort of use him in the zone game. I'll tell you what, if he was in this Miami offense, he'd be being used a hell of a lot better. Do like, we... I mean, I'll tell you something that's lacking out of this offense. Rubs. Well, points. That? But rub roots. Do we see any any of that? Well, there's one for the touchdown. Um, but, but not very often. Week. Right? I mean, yeah. it feels like you could use a bit of play, Claypool, Muth, and DJ crossing over the middle and Agreed. rubbing rubbing their respective markers off. We don't see enough of it. Are we don't Arr. see any, we don't see any. I mean, where where are the fundamental basics of, of this offense, right? Where are the crossing routes? Where are the you know the levels just, place? Yeah, yeah, just the simple stuff that the teams can use to pick up, so, you know, and get get you know get rolling before you start wheeling out your jet sweeps and your you know this that, and the other. But that's what he does. He uses the jet sweeps to try and get rolling. But yeah, exactly. Hence, we don't roll anywhere. No, Down I mean uh, these are good receivers. Yeah. I mean they 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 need to help the offense out, but they need to be put into a position where they can help the offense out. Yeah. I think uh, when this is the problem. I mean, when when Chase Claypool and DJ's you know biggest contribution to the game in in Matt Canada's eyes is what they can do, you know, running the ball sideways behind the line of scrimmage. That's the problem. I mean, look at look at what that that Miami team were doing to the Steelers' zone defense, like. Waddle and Hill were just running and like curling roots and just finding space. It, they made it look easy. The Steelers receivers are going up. They're having to like like speed down, change direction, power back, and they've still got you know DBs and they're not even their first DBs. Like reserve DBs still all over them. They can't get separation. They're they're, they're putting all their effort into getting the separation because their roots they're running aren't sophisticated enough to actually give them space. Agreed, yeah. How often do the receivers catch a ball in traffic, right? I mean, every every catch is is facing, either facing picket or facing the sideline. Yeah. If you deleted three plays from Matt Canada's playbook, so delete jet sweeps, delete the little shovel pass that Gentry did this week, and then replace that with like a curl route, a slant route, and a go route, this offense would be more successful. So you're going into like the, the basic, like the, when you play Madden, the, the three exactly. plays you go to on default. High school Madden I, I play is I don't better. know what to do. I'll just do a slant. Yeah. PA slant, quick. Double That's slant. Try not to yeah. get sacked. Try yeah. and read it and find someone in space. Job done. Oh, third down. Be, better go to verts. I mean, it's <laughs> like, it's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's like, what are we doing here? Run, run, pass. Oh, no, that didn't work. All right, we'll try run, pass, run. No, that didn't work. All right. Uh, it's like... It's run, run, pass, punt, isn't it? That's yeah. every single, like, if you had that on a bingo card, you'd win every week. Run, run, so, pass, 23-yard punt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah run, run, pass, shank. shank. <laughs> <laughs> um, Claypool, uh, missing for large portions of the game, I thought, after last week's great game, but then um, showed up in, in the final drives, right, with some huge must-have conversions. I think he's just kind of growing into someone that Pickett uh, trusts to, to go to in big moments, which is good. Um, Got to work on his blocking, man. Um, that mm. that uh, I don't know if you saw it. Second, second and nine, three yard loss 
he he was all he had to do it was like an outside zone he was like the sort of the the the, the lead guy and he he just gave up yeah and and that that him giving up just killed the whole play because his his guy just got off Claypool came crashed down smashed up the play play over dude has got legs I mean all you got to do is just lock up with the guy and keep running I don't know this isn't the hate Claypool show because I like Claypool but that that irritated me. You know, this is it's a little things like that. Just blocking on a run play. Come on, did Claypool. You, did you hear last week's show? Yes, I did. Because it was funny because it felt that we berated Claypool the week before and then he went off for a great game. Yeah. So he did yeah. have a great game, but was he unlocked by Mitch? That's the thing. Uh, just a, a side note, not to bring Gallup again. I have just received a message. Where is my F word podcast? So. All right. <laughs> I did enjoy Mike's reaction to you you pontificating about whether you would take um, a first round what, pick what for What did you think ball. of this? What did you think of this? The, the, of course you fucking take it. <laughs> not the first round conversation, but but his insistence that it would be a day three pick. I, I think he's probably right. I mean, who 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 would give up anything more? So I do think it would be probably a fifth rounder. But I think know. my point was that the Steelers wouldn't accept it then. No, they wouldn't. Why would they? But you could, just, as he said, you could just turn to uh, Boykin. But oh, I, I don't think it's worth trading away. You want to keep as no. many weapons around, pick it as you can. Fifth round picks generally don't work out for the Steelers. So. It doesn't make sense. Well, why open that hole again and, and suddenly think, oh, well, all of a sudden we maybe need another receiver. It's like, we've got him. Let's just leave it there. Let's, let's... Yeah. Um, we've, we've not really discussed it, but do, do you think that was P.I. when his legs got caught up in the first half? It, I mean, it looked like he got tripped up to me. Yeah. But... Because <sighs> I must admit, when I first saw it, I went straight to the, oh, he's Claypool again on the floor. Right? But in fairness, I watched it. I, I think that was P.I. I think... And I think the, the I don't know who it was, whoever came on, Gene Steratore, whoever it was, explained mm. the rules. Um, I, I think he explained quite well that in this situation, that should be Pierre. Because yeah, I, I, it, the question was, was it deliberate tripping, wasn't it? And I'm not well, no, sure. I think he was saying that it didn't actually matter whether it was deliberate because it was to do with where the ball was, right? When it when yeah. went. And, and because the, the receiver had tripped over the DB's legs, it was Pierre. I don't know. It certainly looked to me like the guy had run into Claypool's leg. So yeah. I'm sort of resisting the urge to be the Homer guy going, oh, it's definitely a PR. But yeah, it, it, I did think so at the time. I think the fact that it ended in a pick, I was very surprised they didn't go back and look at it, I must say. Yeah. But. I think it's one of them ones that you're never going to get on the road. Hmm. Let's kind of put it in that category. Yeah. Uh, shout out to George Pickens, who caught his first NFL touchdown, and it was a beauty, of course. What else would we expect from him? Um, My boy. Great body control. Yeah. Great body control. <laughs> great hands, I, 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 I was surprised they didn't review that a bit more because I thought, ooh, I mean, it, it was an amazing play to get the foot down. But I mean, the replays I saw, I was like, did the hand touch down before the foot? No. Nope. Uh, I don't yeah. think it did, right? I didn't question it. It was close, but the foot it was, was first. Are, you, are we sure? 100%. 100%. Because I watched every replay and was like, <laughs> I need to see more. I, I want it to be a touchdown, but I need to see more. I'm not convinced. Stop reading it. This is all we have. They didn't do the freeze. They didn't do the freeze frame, did they? Where it's like freeze frame by frame to see which cuts. It was like, oh, well, quickly there, because they quickly kicked a field guy. I mean, they, I mean, I guess it came back from New York that it was fine, but I was concerned that they, they were going to call it back. If they had have done a freeze frame, I would have turned that into a meme of George Pickens looking at that freeze frame and agreeing that it was a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> he had a thirty-five point seven percent likelihood of that catch per next gen stats. What a 
this boy is just ridiculous. Some of the grabs he yeah. comes out with. He he is incredible. Catch point gangster, catch point dominator. But he does he does have some weird body language at times. I've got to say, I love it. It's like a it it's makes bizarre. his character even better. Yeah, he's a character out there. He's a like he just he'll do some like like they're sort of just casual like yeah, I call it and just walk out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, love that. But the fourth quarter, the nine yard reception. He he made a reception for nine yards and he looked pissed off. He had that same energy as that draft night video where he was wearing the hood, like just like doing the, the strongman pose at the TV. I don't know. Maybe he was pissed off he didn't get the first down. He didn't get the one extra yard. I was like, what, what's up with this dude? Why does he look so angry? Well, he went semi-viral just sitting on the bench, right? Staring off into the abyss. He's a different cat, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know. definitely. He's got, yeah, he's going to take some management from Tomlin, I think. Yeah, do you think he's, <laughs> I don't know, out. man. I mean, like, yeah, he's getting comps to various, like, ex-receivers that have been in the league. Is he potential head case? I don't know, man. I, I, just... I think we know he's a head case, right? But it's just a case of like, let's use the head case, you know, the right way. <laughs> let's let's direct the head case at other teams. Yeah, that was always I mean, the he... risk, though. That was always the risk. You wouldn't have got him in the second round if he wasn't a little bit crazy. A little but I like odd. that about him. Yeah, <laughs> he got that dog in him, right? We like it now. I don't know. Well, I know. I hear what you say. I do understand what you're saying, but we got to give him the benefit of the doubt right now, right? You, mm. you got that dog in him, and you know when they got that dog in him, that dog comes out sometimes. Yeah, he just go, could go either way here. I don't know. Like... Yeah, I hear. I hear. I'm, I'm on. I'm on Pickens watch too, but you know, let's, let's yeah. enjoy the great plays. If he starts turning up in like crazy Cam Newton outfits <laughs> or like running around naked see, in I don't the snow, think that's that's the thing. Though. I don't think that's his jibe, right? His, his jibe is more like the Black Air Force ones, right? That, like he's just like he's there for business. He's gonna show up in like a balaclava and like assault some dudes. Like, oh, he's like the cargo like, pants. He's like the Cortez mob, like the the paramilitary gangbanger. Yeah. Okay, okay, right. Oh yeah, he's walking around with the like the stab vest in in like central London. He's one of those guys. Oh, he is. Okay. He's ready at any moment. He's a roadman. Pickens is a roadman. Now that if he ever gets traded to the Raiders at any point in his future, I'm laying heavy money that he's going to get like arrested for some kind of criminal activity oh god right let's let's roll this back <laughs> allegedly oh dear um god all he did was catch a good pass and now look at us <laughs> jeez i feel like i feel desperate to defend george pickens right let's roll on to the tight ends um well actually before we do pickens yeah i just wanted to ask this why is he going missing in large portions of the games why are we not targeting him why is it like we get four receptions from pickens and then no one targets him for the next 45 minutes of game. God time. knows. Is it is it OC? Is it Pickett? Is it Pickens? I don't know. I know. It's this is a say. big mystery. It's like one of those like mysterious, unexplained podcasts. You need like a 25-minute expose on why. I don't know why. Why? The guy is... He caught six he, receptions and he had six targets. Yeah, so but yeah. maybe if yeah. you threw it to him 10 times, he would have 10 involved. I think in this game specifically, Xavier um, Howard had wide receivers tied up all night. It was... Yeah. Uh, you know, whichever side he wasn't, that's the that's who you were throwing it to, basically. Is he good for like a ridiculous catch every game? We've had seven games and we've had six games with a ridiculous picking catch. Am I right? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. So either he's he's well ahead of the curve, or we're owed one. So maybe we'll get two against the Eagles. <laughs> uh, move. Led the receiving group again in his return. Clearly, uh, the safe pair of hands that Pickett likes. We know this. Eight for seventy-five. Now. See, Muth looks best when he's kind of like running uh, like a 
deep up the middle. Not deep, like... um Down the seam. Down the seam, yeah. When he's running straight down the seam, up the middle, just carving up defences up the middle. But why, why, what I can't get in my head is why are we not doing more of this? Why that, do we get that's, that that's twice a, a game? That tight end down the seam ball is... You can't, you can't, that can't be your offense. That's, but it, but it is. I know that's the best plays we do, <laughs> but it's the same in the Heath era. It's like, you know, you, that's something that you can come back to again and again and keep coming back to, but it's not, it's not going to win you the game. I mean, I, I don't know. I beg to disagree. I mean, I think Muth wins us the game quite regularly. And, and to be honest, the, the times when we don't win the game is when Muth doesn't come down with some of these hardest catches of the scene, which there was one well, of in this game. Well, the times he's won games is when he's done it in the red zone and that hasn't happened this season. Yeah, because we get to the red zone and then we forget that that play exists and we'll come out with a jet sweep or something useless. Mm. So we run a uh, shovel pass to Zach Gentry for zero yards instead. Yeah. <sighs> but we saw a bit of uh, Connor Hayes. Yeah, Connor Haywood. Uh, nice catch and run for six yards. Ran a dude over, right? Um, yeah, destroyed his blocker. Yeah. I think yep. we'll, we'll see more competition for passing game looks between these two. That play, I can imagine on Monday morning, was being played over and over again in the tight end room. <laughs> Destroyed his blocker, broke out into the flat, made the catch, put the helmet down and fought for every yard. Yeah. Yeah. Nice yak after us, wasn't it? It was uh, definitely getting stuck in and yeah. fearlessness. That's what I like to see. You can see it up in the training room, can't you? On the little jog wheel, back and forth, back and forth, that play. This is what we want to see right here. This is it. This is what we want to see. This is a Steelers play. That was it. So, I mean, credit to you because... Kets, because you, you called it. Tight end two, Kets? Tight end two. Are you ready? Oh, we right. don't keep doing shuffle passes. Anybody could be tight end at this rate. But, uh, yeah, I want to see him stuck, get stuck in more. I think he's he's that kind of player that's potentially got something special about him. And, you know, as a late-round pick, and, yes, all the narrative will be, well, Cam Hayward's his brother. But, in reality, I think he's a decent athlete. He, he's a little bit kind of tweener in terms of his size. but. Dropped up. Yeah, I think he's got the potential to to be a useful enough weapon, certainly, you know, in special teams and in, you know, used in certain plays if you've got a competent offensive coordinator. So maybe never mind. But, uh, yeah, he's got something. There is something there. Definitely something there. Again, Boykin, I, I imagine you screaming at the TV at this point, Gav. Yeah. We use Boykin to push Kenny Pickett forwards thus causing an illegal shift. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hyper frustrating. Yeah. In, in a I moment mean, as well where you absolutely could not have an illegal shift. It was like late in the game, right? It was third down. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Let's get some more usage out of some of these other guys. I mean, people bemoaning Calvin Austin's injury. I mean, how, how would he have ever seen the field? Maybe on returns. I don't know. Maybe he's better not seeing the field this year in the offence yeah, and coming back yeah. next year. Mm. Yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, Calvin Austin not coming back because his uh, IR return window is closed. Seems like he's had a setback on his foot. He's going to have surgery. The boomerang just flew straight. Yeah. Never, never yeah. Came back. I'm disappointed, too, because as you know, I was you know as excited for Calvin Austin as anyone you know, after the draft process. So hopefully he makes a comeback next year, but you know, it just sucks to see the rookie year gone. Do we know... I know it's technically special teams, which we usually get onto later, but do we know why Gunner was back and Sims wasn't out there? Uh, Sims, yeah, Sims was injured, right? But I don't know what, I can't remember I the specifics of it. Yeah, what was that? Because I, I have no faith in Gunner anymore. Mm. Is that uh, is that illogical? He'd have been gone no. two weeks ago for me. 
Mm. Not after what you've seen, you know. I mean, he kept hold of the ball, right? He was fine in this game, but just just so hold your breath. It's not. It's, yeah, it's not I was. Like, oh, well, I was yeah. yeah, I was. Every time the ball came to him, I was like, oh, don't drop the ball. He's so <laughs> small. He's so small. I don't know, man. Uh, that, that was my first point on my notes, actually. Special teams. Bullet point. Gonna caught a ball. Three exclamation points. <laughs> oh dear. He's turned into. Uh, what was the what was the last Switzer, like? Switzer, Ryan Switzer, Ryan Switzer, Switzer yeah. yeah. Oh dear. Mm. He, these little white returners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Making money off the Steelers. Okay. Let's move on to the defence, shall we? Mm. Uh, I think maybe the the more interesting side of the ball to talk about these days. Can we talk about the scheme? I I <sighs> You can. <laughs> oh man. Having I... scheme corner. Well zone defence, all right? Okay, let's go. Sometimes I don't get it. I do not get <laughs> what the plan is, right? You have a guy running out of your zone, right? So the guy runs into your zone. You think, okay, I've got to pick him up. Then he runs past you, and there's nobody behind you. Except there's, like, I guess there's, like, you know, in the in your, in your Madden playbook, there's, like, a linebacker with a, a small line going backwards and then a bubble which goes across the whole field. So I guess technically he's like responsible for a whole area. But if someone's running behind you and you know there's no one behind you, isn't it time to go, ah, oh, screw the zone. I need to I need to carry this guy. This guy's dangerous. But no, you don't. You just but let him run by. Guy, if one guy does that, then every guy does that. And then is that not the point of zone defense? Like you would just, it would just become a mess. Right. I don't know what you're saying, but I don't know. I don't, that's what I don't get. At what point does it does you go? Okay, a guy enters your zone. Yeah, you need I to think. you need to pattern match him, especially when it's Hill or Waddle. Yeah, yeah. Like how? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I, this this you watch the tape and you just go. I don't understand. I don't understand. I do not understand this this defensive play because you've got these dangerous receivers just running free. And you're like, okay, well, obviously he's not running with him because he's been told to stay in his zone. Don't get it. Don't get it. It should be like it should be like zone pattern matching, where if someone comes into your zone, then you turn into man and you stick with him. Because you can't give up that level of separation. I don't know. Some 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 zone defense. We need like who's the coach on in our Facebook group? Coach Wilf. I think he's a DB expert. Oh, yeah, I don't know. We need to get. We, we need some answers. I need some answers because I don't I don't get it. You watch the tape, frustrated. Yeah, I mean, I didn't understand the game plan for a lot of the first quarter. I mean, you're seeing a guy like Tyreek Hill just running crosses and you've got, like, um, Levi Wallace chasing him, right? A notoriously slow dude. And I'm just like, what, what, what is happening here? Like, why <laughs> why is there not a better plan for uh, who's covering Tyreek Hill in zone? I mean, wh- why are we just, I don't know. It's very concerning. But I mean, I get, I, get, I get Wallace, right? Wallace is sitting, giving up cushion because Wallace is going to get burned by these dudes. So I get that, and I can kind of kind of forgive it, you know. Like th- those receivers will curl their route short of of Wallace, and Wallace is kind of stuck there. He's kind of going, all right, I need to cover him inside, giving up too much room. And actually, I didn't think he played it too badly. But it's the ones where they go behind him. That's I, I think that's unforgivable. Hmm. That's my rant. You got anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, 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 it was also a fact, you know, of Tua in 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 the first drive throwing very well into the blitz, which seemed to go away. I think the Steelers adjusted, so they yeah. weren't being so obvious with, with their blitzing. And you can they, understand why they were trying to get pressure on them because they were afraid of getting beat deep. And and when they adjusted, they still didn't get beat deep, right? Because yeah, well, they sat back, they sat yeah, back and sat let back, let, 
let yeah. let, uh, let them curl their roots off in underneath and tackle a catch. That's it fine. Was good, it was good tackling, right? And they came downhill and tackled well, and, and similar yeah. to what we saw last week. So, I mean, uh, you know, I can't be too upset at them for that. Uh, and they held them scoreless in the second half. So, you know, yeah. I, think, I think, you know, nine out of ten times you'd expect your offense to at least go out and give you something in that second half and, and win the game, right? So, yeah, you know, I, think we, I think we've got good defensive play calling. I'm not, you know, yeah. beside my um, zone rant, I think, you know, we actually saw some interesting formation on, on second and on one. We, they went to a, like a traditional 4-3. Did you see that? They had like Bush, Jack and Spillane stood up across the back with four four across the front. Uh, I mean, they didn't stop the first down. It didn't work, but it was still like, wow, okay, <laughs> that's awesome, cool. Like, yeah, yeah, getting really creative out here. Like going the, the opposite way, not even going beyond sub-package through to the other kind of, the other formation. I thought that was cool. Now, Ketsy brought it up earlier. A lot of missed opportunities on this defence still. Now, it's a harsh narrative, really, because it feels like the defence did enough to win this game, really, right? But... Uh, you know, at the same time, it feels like the defense could have just gone out and won the game themselves, quite literally. Um, the the defense could hits. have won the game in the first quarter. Well, <laughs> with a second and nineteen, easily converted by a slant by Waddle for twenty-one yards, followed by Hill doing the same for seventeen yards. I, I, I get that the adjustments were successful and everything else, but if you're gonna let two easy plays like that happen and then drop four potential picks against a team with an explosive offense. You get what you sow. Yeah, I mean, the game plan was wrong, but I give them credit for changing it quickly, right? I mean, they, they came in, they expected to get more pressure than they did. It wasn't happening. The D-line yeah. really had a minimal, minimal impact, right? You know, after the crowning achievement of last week against the Bucks, they had one QB hit, no sacks from this pass rushing D-line. Two was barely pressured at all. Um, which makes the second half performance of the defense in general even more impressive when you think about it. Um, the line, as the game went on, I thought slowly started minimizing the run game. Miami's sort of running game dominated early. That kind of slowed down. It culminated in a fourth down stop by Cam and Lario, right? That kept the Steelers alive. Mm. Those two play, played so nice, man. Cam's like red zone dream killer. I think yeah. um, that's the player you're referring to. And Lario getting skinny through gaps, man. He looks, he looks so. He just bursts through like the Incredible Hope popping through like. A wrapping paper the way blowing he gets through the line here yeah. blowing up runs left right and center i appreciate that but, why uh, did why did cam's name not get called until the second half what that? was he doing in the first half cam hayward he didn't have his name kind of called by the commentary team until the second half I'm it wasn't that, that kind of game they, they were just yeah, was... they, you know they were doing outside runs and throwing deep it wasn't really a cam game yeah fair enough the, the the issue is, man, boy, do we miss TJ Watt. I, like, after Mike predicted a, a route for Alex Highsmith last week uh, against a messy Miami O-line, this pass rusher was just shut down. Made no impact. Mm. Um, what, are we supposed to get 20 sacks this game or something? Yeah. Saying? No, now, in, fairness <laughs> to, in fairness to Highsmith, right, the Dolphins like easily recognised that he was the only threat that we had and threw the kitchen sink at him, right? He was double teamed. But but mm. there's just there's nothing, right? Absolutely. If, if Alex Highsmith's bottled up, there's no pass rush. Zero. Absolutely nothing. Malik um, Reed, wet fart noise. Welcome to uh, welcome to Steelers defense, Malik Reed. You put him in covered coverage and expect him to drop. I mean, he tried his best, <laughs> but I mean, he, he he looked like a lineman with his feet in glue out there. I yeah. mean, didn't track Waddle. Ended up giving up 18 yards with neither him or Wallace stuck with Waddle. There's another one. Like you, you have two players on it on Waddle, and both of them go, oh, I'm not going to chase him. 
I think when we look back to what we spoke about in the off season, we think, you know, what what narratives that we were talking about then have actually had an impact on the season. I think the offensive line obviously is number one, and I think this the lack of depth at outside linebacker is is right up there with it. So I broke a record. Said the same thing yeah. all off season, and then it comes true, and it makes doesn't. It, there's no pride in saying that either. Yeah, it's shit. If we can spot it thousands of miles away. Surely they knew. And I think the frustration comes and, you know, I think this is where I think the, the criticism is valid when we talk about taking two wide receivers, right? Mm. Wide receivers is probably a position where right now, if we if we were saying, boy, our wide receivers aren't living up to our expectations, we could probably go and trade for a wide receiver if we wanted right now. We cannot trade for an impact-making outside linebacker or an impact. Or a tackle. The, yeah. taking, you, you talked about it last week. I was saying, yes, yes, yes. The decision to take a running back in the first round is backfiring. I'm yes. sorry. Yeah, it's true. not good. We could have picked... I mean, you know, Najee, Love, left, right and centre, fair enough. We could have had any kind of running back from all over the place. Jalen Warren could be started at running back right now. And we could have, you know... If, I don't know who was there. We need to go back and take a look, right? Ramondre Stevenson was the guy. Should have had Ramondre him in Stevenson. the third or fourth round. Yeah. I was big on Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, we all were. So. And they could have had a tackle, you know, at least at least some guy that maybe, maybe was a failure like Tevin Jenkins. But at least... At least, at least it showed they cared. <laughs> yeah, maybe we made the right decision. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating because we we continue to say it and we make the mistake and then then you get called an idiot for saying that you didn't want to run it back. In the inside, I, I think this is where I'm getting a lot of uh, uh, positive vibes. Um, another another Jack and Bush game. The, the law law firm of Jack and Bush. Is, Bush, is this Bush's best season? Definitely. Yeah. He he. I mean, it, you did see him get dragged out of position by the motion man, and you know if if the running back is his responsibility, then surely he should stick to the same side of the field as the running back. Don't see any reason for him to move, and then he's out of position, and then lo and behold, the running back breaks out and receives the ball. Why why are you not surprised? There's a big play. So there's still some issues there with Bush. Like he's getting pulled around, but the rest of the game, pretty faultless, I thought. You know, it, it, even it, the pass breakup in the second quarter on Hill, uh, and, and, you know, and, and another block pass on the first and ten, and no easy task for for a linebacker to do, and he did it. There was a tackle for loss in the backfield as well, wasn't there? Yeah. I was a little worried at first, right? When it looked like Tua was going to pick us apart across the middle, take advantage of linebackers in coverage, and the fact that we were kind of like trying to cover deep to make sure we didn't get beat deep. And I was very concerned. But, you know, we started to see when the when the scheme changed a little bit that they were able to come downhill and play the run well and finish yeah. on 16 tackles. And just another high. That's three games in a row where I think they've both played excellent. You do see a little bit of stiffness and lack of change of direction with Bush. Still. Yeah, still. Yeah, I, I do think that injury is, has hampered him a little bit. I mean, it was notable yeah. on the... The 18-yard Gasicki play, where he ran, he, he ran a little flat route behind behind the linebackers, and Bush, Bush saw Tua wind up to make a play and knew that Gasicki was behind him, but he was just he just couldn't couldn't change direction and he it gave up 18 yards and it was kind of on Bush, but I don't know. I mean, that, that's it, the difference though between him being you know what we hoped he would be in year one and and then what we're hoping for now right you know Hmm. now we're hoping for more of a Terrell Edmonds kind of career arc right rather than a Ryan Chazil 
Terrell Edmonds is possibly the best player on defense right that's now. fair yeah maybe yeah, but that's what I mean right we're hoping that you know Bush can continue to grow and grow and grow like Edmonds did and until he's a key part of the defense yeah yeah he's not he's not he's not the, the difference maker that we hoped with, yeah. with that trade yeah. sure and but but it's nice just that this position feels a bit more stable right now than it has in recent years you know with with the rotating rotating dance floor of inside linebackers that we've had it's true. It's a it's a good triumvirate of Bush, yeah. Jack, and Spillane. I mean, Jack is solid. I, I hope they can lock him up and keep yeah, him. Yeah. He is, you know, he, he he does some nice things. Good good coverage. You know, doesn't get washed out of, of plays where other other linebackers would. Just get, gets off blocks well. I just think does the dirty work really nice. That's going to be the best move of the off season for me. Yeah. trade. It's about having an elite player at each level of the field, right? When TJ's there, we've got TJ and Cam up front, and we got you got a Miles Jack in the middle, you've got uh, a Minker at the back, and you know, you, you get plays out of a defence like that. Mm. That'll keep you in any game, but we've seen everyone. fine, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to give a shout-out to Spillane as well. I actually think he prevented a, a touchdown in, the, in, uh, in that first quarter drive where it ended up in a field goal. You might not, You might miss it. But he chipped Hill. He he came he came down he came downhill and chipped Hill as he was coming out of his break as he passed him. And he basically that little chip took Hill out of the play. And that that was an intended. It was like a naked boot when and Hill was supposed to be doing that thing where he like streaks across the field and is completely open because of his raw pace. He wasn't there and 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 Tua looked stupid because he booted out and there was no receiver to throw to because Spillane had chipped him and and basically put him on the deck was brilliant and that that's the kind of play that you don't don't necessarily see you have to go back and watch and he's like oh really? that's wow what, that's awesome that's what's frustrating about Spillane right because he he has a role on an NFL team it's just that he keeps getting thrust into a role he shouldn't be in you know I don't think I, oh at least I, I think people have but I don't think I've ever suggested that Spillane isn't a you know a, a good player at what he does it's just you know we don't want to see him dropping back that much into covering <laughs> I think this this works though you know I think I've said before, you know, when he's in that dimebacker role because yeah. he's the the one guy that if they do do a draw or some something tricky, he can come down and, yeah, and tackle yeah. the run. So I, I, I don't hate it. You know, you're gonna see. Yeah, you know, don't forget this guy stopped Derek Henry at the goal line. Oh, he's gonna be eating lunch off that play for the next five years, I imagine. <laughs> he's got that in his locker. So um, number three linebacker, sign me up. Number two <laughs> linebacker, maybe not. Uh, Spelling, Rob Spelling. How long will you torment us? Um, okay. On to the secondary. Uh, this is tough, right? Because, you know, we spoke about the game plan changing and, and, and what have you. So, you know, the start of the game is what it was. Um, but that said, when it, when we adjusted, I think they deserve a lot of commendation. Hill and Waddle held to 160 yards total. I think you'd have taken that before the game, right? Um, mm. Weren't beaten deep at all, really, in the game. Didn't didn't count on the bizarre Trenton Sherfield section yeah, of the game. Yeah, well, you can thank your boy, Arthur Mollett, for that. Um, I knew you were going there. <laughs> but then, you know, he got beat on release. That's not his game. What no, is his game, a... remind me? Oh, sorry, yeah, line of scrimmage, okay. Line of scrimmage, run defence. Is, is he a defensive blitzing. end, remind me? He's he's not a defensive end. He's like a <laughs> blitz package specialist, run defender. I'm just he's... messing. Oh, uh, no. it, it was nice when Mike Hilton could, was here and he could do both. Maybe we shouldn't have let him go, you know? <laughs> yeah, he did, get, he, he, did get, he did get rubbed out on oh, the play. Yeah, I know, save Mike Hilton. Um, you know, they, they, Miami doing some nice rub roots on, on Moulet. I think, I think they targeted Moulet a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, just a little bit flat footed, not not great in cut. You know, he's not he's not that's not his game. It's not his game. He's a role player. Yeah, a role player with too big a role right now. I think is the, is the trouble. Um, well, 
I, I don't know. Maybe I'm too hard. I mean, I like what he does. That's the frustrating. But it's a, it's a similar thing to Spillane, where he's being put in positions to fail. Like yeah. He's not. Yeah. With a spoon's like, out, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. And you know, James Pierre stepping up. Another good performance from him, right? Who, who's played admirably mm. in in his in his uh, absence, and you know, maybe pushing for more game time. I don't know. I mean, this. I'm not. I'm in no way suggesting Pierre's a better player than Witherspoon, but. I think he, it was telling. He was the only guy they put down in press. So they that they yeah they know that he is possibly the best man corner on the team yes, which yeah. without without with a spoon being here uh, I think that am I wrong that the, the secondary looks a little bit more cohesive right now they've got no. options they've got different ways to go which yeah. is good but I just feel like they do need I don't know the league's transitioning away from man corners but I do feel like they you know with the loss of Hayden they need they need a guy that they can just go right go down to the line jam a dude yes, and stick yes. with him in coverage just take him out to play feels like Pierre's that guy when Witherspoon's not there Pierre's that the, the next best guy um Witherspoon was kind of being frustrating the last two weeks before his injury now I will say this would he have caught two interceptions that were thrown his way probably yeah he 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 showed up with a play but you know, which Levi Wallace didn't. He dropped. Was it was Levi? I think Wallace had two, right? Two dropped. Yeah. Uh, Sutton had one dropped. Uh, Edmonds had one dropped. You know, two of those were field goal drives. So you know that would have been the difference in the game alone, without even thinking about the short fields that we maybe would have got. Um, you know, not coming not coming up with at least some of those. I'm not going to necessarily expect every single defensive back to catch every single ball that comes to them, but you know, when you get four chances, that's just not clutch. That's not that makes it hard to win football games. Yeah, and the one of the of those three players that uh, could have had interceptions, I do forgive Edmonds because of the end zone pass breakup, where he read read the route, got underneath with that sort of diving block early on, and then there was another one. Yeah, the other one where he stopped Hill catching the deep two a pass as well. So I forgive him, but the other two. So you're not forgiving Wallace? No. Nope. I don't know, man. I mean, he did improve slightly. <laughs> yeah, he improved slightly against Tyreek Hill, but then he allowed a broken tackle against Mostert. So, oh, the whip, the whip tackle, but that's different, man. That's that's a different thing. The whip, a tackle whiff's different to his coverage play. I thought his coverage play it, it, it was up and down, like, but it, 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 partly from too much cushion, like he's. But then that's that's the scheme. That's like don't. Do yeah, you have to do that against Tyreek so, Hill. I mean, we, we've literally got one of the slower corners in the league on the fastest wide receiver. Yeah. Known to and, and, and you, you you watch it frame by frame. He he he's dropping. He he's flipping his hips at the right point. He he he's shepherding. He's using leverage correctly. Just doesn't have the speed. Doesn't have the you know the the, the same level of of skill that you know. So uh, for what he did, I thought he played a good game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, for the most part, he limited yak right, which is really all I wanted from him. Um, efficient tackling I, for the most part. Outside of that one, I. I I can't get on Levi Wallace too hard outside of the picks dropped, you know. Which I think that's fool's gold. I think I think he was lucky to be in position to to, to almost field the picks. Yeah, I don't. I don't it, it's frustrating that, that you know any of those picks could have turned the game, but they're all tricky picks. I mean, they're all yeah. you know the Sutton one. Maybe he should have had that. I don't know. That's maybe that, I mean, no, that's just because no, we're used to him doing it. Yeah, yeah. No one pick you know should ever be necessarily expected on defense, but. The Some Sutton, were in, yeah, in the, the hands. The Sutton one was because he was. Why I didn't like that one was because he was beat. He was beat bad, and the ball was underthrown, and it was. It made him look good, like he'd recovered. Like he recovered well, but 
I, I don't think Tua was expecting him to recover because he thought Sutton was beat, and he probably was. So it was almost like he needed to come come down with that ball just to kind of make the make the play righteous or whatever. It wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. Which is weird because Sutton is sometimes really good at peeling off a route at just the right point to know when to intercept. Yeah, absolutely. It's unlike that's, that's him to game. be out of position. Oh, he wasn't out of position. He was just beat. He was just stone cold beat on the route. And um, oh. yeah, that that is where he where he might recover. But he just, you know, his limitations. He's he's up there. He's an A grade player mentally, but a C grade player physically. Unfortunately, frustrating. Uh, Edmonds, you mentioned already, uh, another great game from him. The, do you know, there was an ESPN article saying three players the Steelers need to trade before the deadline. He was on it. Uh, that was laughable. Um, trade what? ESPN, if that's what they call <laughs> what, what would they get for a safety? Stupid. Just ridiculous. Talk. He's, he's way more valuable on the team yes, than exactly. what they'd get. We so need to sign him up to a deal, if anything. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I thought Minker had a great game. I mean, was deployed with some freedom across the middle of the field, right? Did what he does best, sort of came up with some key breakups and huge hits when we needed them most. The legal wood laying on Mostert. Yeah, yeah nice. very nice. I do think he gets he gets, he gets gets overexcited and gets dragged out of position and makes bad choices, but yeah. I think you take that you take that with the, with the rough and the, the smooth. smooth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is what we said last week, though. He is constantly trying to win the game single-handedly. Yes, yeah. And he is always trying to... You know, make that one play, make that INT, you know, do that huge hit. And the intensity that he played this game at, and I know it was a bit of a revenge game for him going back to Miami, but it was just immense. You could see just from the look in his eyes on the sideline, it was just like, you know, don't F with him kind of thing. He was just so dialed in for this game. And, you know, I, I can't really criticise Minka for the the overall level of work that he does. And bear in mind, he's he, he trying to make something happen on and what is a very weak kind of Steelers team ultimately with the current record. And you just think he's single-handedly trying to turn the season around. And because of that, he's doing too much and overcommitting. I'm just going over old ground here, but you can see that still. Mm. I do I do think uh, Edmonds is outplaying Minka at the moment, though. I don't want to... That comparison feels... Feels wrong? Because uh, I, I feel... Yes, Minker is the highlight play guy, but I just feel like Edmonds is doing it. Like Edmonds he, is in the trenches. He's doing, yeah, he's doing a lot of hard work right now. I, I don't know. That, I mean, that's sort of Minker. I, I don't know. I don't like that. That, that feels to me unnecessary. He stopped. Oh. He stopped. Uh, Edmonds single-handedly stopped the, the Gasicki touchdown. Yeah. Match the route. Dive at the catch point. I mean, he didn't actually make a play on the ball, but he did enough to put Gasicki off. That that was a real highlight player. He's pass breakups. He's killing the mesh point. He's doing it week after week. I th- I don't think Edmonds is getting the accolades that he deserves here because of he's getting them here. He's getting them on this podcast. He is now. I I don't feel like he's got them previously. <laughs> I think he got them last week. <laughs> well, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. We did. You know. I, I love I love the newly formed narrative that Edmonds is as good as Minka. Yeah, that's the narrative that Gav's just come up with on the fly. I don't know about that. I, well, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not saying skill level. I'm saying production, production right now. His his consistent level, it, involvement playing, involvement level is I think high. Playing nicely in a unit. Um, it's true. They're a good pairing. Yeah. I don't I don't want to see him split up. And we did miss him that week. He was out. To be fair, we did. Really missed him that week. Yeah. It's what's what's happening with KZ? Is he out for the year? Yeah. Is he gone? Long gone. 
think so. And like, well, unless he did, can he can he come back? I don't think he can come back. Right? I think it was a pretty long term stuff. Okay, oh, defense. Who was the highest rated player on defense? Who do you think? That's got to be Terrell Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds. Yeah. Um, Terrell Edmonds was twenty points behind Minka Fitzpatrick. Who okay. was first? All right. Fair <laughs> I'm was wrong. second. But you know, it's PFS, so Malik Reed was third. So the less said about that, the better. Malik Reed was third. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> What kind of Miami-based where? spirit was the PFF analyst <laughs> on at this particular point of the day? This is where sometimes I read these and just think, I, I truly have no idea what's happening anymore. Levi Wallace has under 40 grade in this game, according to PFF. Well, that's just because he got under, disagree under with that. Well, <laughs> You know, Devin Bush is like hovering just above 50, thought he had a good game. Where's Miles Jack, yeah? Miles Jack is uh, about 61, 62, right on the line of average. Mm. As a former PFF, PFF employee, I, I struggle to understand where so, these grades know, are coming from sometimes. I don't so, get it. it. Now, I don't, uh, you know, don't print this in the headlines, listeners, but does it feel to you sometimes like PFF only correctly grades the good players? <laughs> like the, the, the highlight players, you know? Like they're very keen on talking about like what Miles Garrett's grade is, you know? But, you know, is that, does that matter when the consistency feels completely off? I don't know. I they almost hung really up then a... when you said that, Si. What was that, Kets? <laughs> I almost hung up then. <laughs> Why? Kets rage quits the podcast because of a positive <laughs> comment about PFF and Miles Garrett. I'm just, no. No, that was a negative comment. I know, but I'm just, rah, I had to get sick of reading about Miles Garrett and PFF. Well, anyway. you, you, you know what they you know what they think? They, you know, they think big man likes dinosaur swings helmet hard. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're a big fan. No. Big man is big and likes dinosaurs. Swings helmet hard. <laughs> Never gets old. Somewhere on the way to Kent, Matt Audley enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Do you think uh, Matt Audley checks out bridges when he's travelling by accident? Oh, like you know, he's just like across the bridge it. and he thinks, mm, "Don't know, but mm. that's up to code." That needs that needs a yeah, that needs a second check. I see some hairline cracks there. We were also discussing, Matt, only tell us, do you play bridge constructor or is that too close to your actual job? We need to know. Inquiring he's, minds he's, want he's, to know. Yeah, inquiring minds must know. Uh, special teams, Chris Boswell, one for one, 45 yards easy, not really involved too much in this game, low scoring, uh, PH3. Right, okay, prepare for punt and rant. So, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's a corner. <laughs> it's a corner. It is a corner. Do we have a drop? I don't know. Do we? Uh, we got this one. Do you wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, man, I wish I was an NFL punter. I'm going to cut that there. Okay. I was waiting for, the, bit. I was waiting for the, the, yeah, the Rich Eisen bit. That, like. um, right. Well, do you know who does wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and wish he was an NFL punter? Uh, Presley Harvin the third. So <laughs> it's two inside the 20, right? Fair enough. Had a longer 57. Great. But... Hits one early, shanks for 20, 23 yards. And what did I say, Gav Ketz, for, what was it, two years before we ever drafted PH3 when I was all excited that we drafted a punter? What did mm-hmm. I say was the key to being an NFL punter, an effective NFL punter? Consistency. Consistency. His inconsistency is everything that I purported to loathe at the punting position, and it's become indefensible. It hurts us almost every single week a position that I've harped on about for years about being an underutilized weapon in the NFL. I can't, you know, I can't continue to sit here and pretend to defend, 
you know, whatever he's doing, uh, either he needs to consistently start banging punts or putting them inside the 20, or he is not the weapon, and it was a failure of a draft pick. So, uh, reading between the lines, bring back Jordan Berry, is what you're saying? uh, Well, no, (laughs) that's not quite what I'm saying. <laughs> let's ride it. Let's ride it with Presley for the for the you know for the season. Let, you know, but but if we don't see major improvement, you know, I mean, what's frustrating me this year is we see in other punters. Now, admittedly, one of them turned out to be a disgusting. Uh, well, we're not going into what he was. I'm going to say let's, let's be careful with what we're doing with yeah. our draft picks here. Cut by the Bills, so that's you know maybe we uh, we avoided one. Uh, oh, that guy. Nightmare there. Yeah, but how the the, the punt god. Uh, but you've got John Stout over there, who's just absolutely dominating we, we drafted a punter a year too early there was like three absolutely like banging punters in this draft you know one of them was a let's be careful how we've used the phrase banging punter <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh cats no your words not mine cats <laughs> <laughs> <Gets> carry on <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. There's been some good punters in in this draft, and the the trouble with PH three is he always picks the worst possible time mm. to shank one. Is that pressure? Maybe. That sounds like pressure, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, don't mess this one up. Oh, you shanked it out of bounds. That's a forty. That's them I, starting I don't know, on the forty yard line. Because sometimes when he's like knee deep in his own territory or even in his own end zone. He does get it to the 50. I've never seen him put one out from the, you know, out to the 30 when he's in his own end zone. It's it's just like kind of when the game is at a relevant point and you need like the defense to have a good field position to try and win the game, especially late on in the, you know, the second or the fourth quarter, for example. He always seems to pick the worst time to to do it. Okay. <laughs> that was a, that was a good one, Kez. Um Yeah. So anyway, long story short, let, let's go out there next year. Let's uh, let's not draft a punter in the seventh round. Let's draft one in the third. Let's okay. not. I tell you what. Let's not draft one. Let's we just having... have an open punting competition. Let's just get everyone in. Yeah, everyone let's who wants to punt. Every single shot. eligible punter. Yeah, it'll be like there. Invincible. You ever seen that? Just yeah. get everyone in the Philly area to to line up <laughs> and punt and see who kicks it the furthest. Put, put a bucket. Area. Pocket. Is that just for this weekend? Well, no, sorry, that's where that's Invincible set. Invincible film. <laughs> get, get a bucket, set it on the 20-yard line, do five punts. Whoever gets five balls closest to the bucket, you got a job. It's not that hard, is it? <laughs> I like the way you boiled down punt into that, and, and in reality, probably not. Um, I don't know, dude, it's just not, it isn't that hard, though. In, in all seriousness, when you look at, I mean, right, Kets, we, we looked at the punters this year, right? And and who did we uh, highlight as being the great NFL punters? Oh, yeah, uh, John Stout and the weird rapist dude. So, do you know what? Like, that's what it turned out to be. So, let's just go draft one of the dudes that looks good. <laughs> just check for tattoos and, and you know, yeah, previous let's just, yeah, sexual raptures. Yeah, exactly. Let's just not draft a... A, a dodgy-looking personal dude, a, a guy with some white white power symbols on his arm or anything. Um, yeah, we need to do a lot of vibe scouting this year. Yeah, punters, punters, a big vibe scout position. Agreed. There's no reason why we shouldn't um, throw punters onto the end of maybe one of the shorter um, kind yes, of I would you like know draft that. positions this year. Yeah. Let's not do it on the end of the wide receivers podcast, for example, but one of the the kind of smaller. Yeah. Uh, ones. Let's let's throw punters on the end because I think it's a position. Is of... is there ever a smaller a safety, maybe? defensive tackle? Maybe we'll cross that bridge. One of them. 
Welcome to the defensive tackle and punter. punter. Well, it doesn't really <laughs> synergy. Land. Synergy. Okay. Oh, we could do it as a smaller, separate podcast. I don't know. PH3 could play both positions. That's the beauty. Can Boz <laughs> punt? I mean, why are we not doing that? I don't know. I don't know if it's that simple. Would say no, because Boz can't punt, then hold for himself. True. Obviously, no, but you have your backup oh, quarterback yeah, you get in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky is going to do the toin cost, and then he's going to come <laughs> out and hold punts. Do you want him to clean the toilets as well? Just to really. Can we get like, Derek Watt to do it? What's he doing? He must have something to do. What's Mason Rudolph doing? <laughs> he's not. He's not even active. Right. <laughs> yeah, Mason. Congratulations, we made uh, you active. Bad news agree? is you're holding for uh, for Boswell. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a good idea. Don't draft Chris Aludekun. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what? How insane would it be that instead of drafting that QB for no apparent reason, you never hold a specialist one snap, holder. Yeah, well, I was going to say we draft another punter and let them have an open competition and see who wins it. But no, that would be absolutely nah. fucking ridiculous, wouldn't it? Draft a camp arm that doesn't throw any balls <sighs> in camp and then gets Bizarre. yoinked. Yeah. Do you know, everyone is falling over themselves to tell me that seventh round picks don't matter. Well, if they don't matter, then go and draft a position where we're like, hey, let's have a good, let's actually have a competition, you know? Let's we'll draft a linebacker. Let's draft a seventh <laughs> round tackle. Surely a seventh-round tackle is better than Chaz Green. We did draft a seventh-round linebacker, and he's great, and he's not active. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to see a seventh-round tackle, please. Uh, anyway. Uh, anyway. Uh, the, the, the bloody Seahawks managed to get two tackles out of this draft. Seahawks draft is like ridiculous. It is. Every, every time someone mentions Tariq Willen, I, I hear Mike's voice in my yeah. head. Do you have that problem? Tariq Willen, he looks good. Like, oh. Was that your attempt at an Irish accent? That was, that that was, was horrific. Attempt. I'm sorry. But Mike absolutely nailed Tariq Woodham. So absolutely yeah. close to Mike. All right. Where, where <laughs> did Woodham go? Was he, what round was he? Was it, it wasn't that early, was it? It was like no. fourth or fifth, I think. That's an insane value. I mean, the dude looks like rookie of the year level, if not for Sauce Gardner. Yeah. So if you want some like decent draft takes, listen to Mike. Mm-hmm. Because he knows he does actually know what he's talking about. It's amazing. Yeah. More, more even so than than me, maybe. Fifth round, Tariq Woolen. <laughs> there you go. So it's like Source Gardner, Tariq Woolen, Derek Stingley. That's your sort of yeah. post post this season rankings. Yeah. I feel like Steel City forty three was also high on Tariq Woolen. I'm just going to check my bookmarks. See if I'm correct. I feel like he was high on him as well. Well. As you do that, anyway, that's that's the game. We lost. It sucks. Um, we'll probably get used to that this season. But it's a game they could have won. It is a game they could have won. I think I think you have to take positives from this game. Yeah, 100%. There's, I don't there's think positives to take. I think the negative crew... I, I, d- tell me if you agree with this. I, I'm starting to feel this now, uh, and maybe this is because, you know, we've been lucky enough to support a team that hasn't gone under 500 in, in however long it's been. You you start to feel the the national NFL media pressure, right? I feel like us as uh, you know intellectuals know that there's things to build off here, and this was never a season that we anticipated was going to be particularly successful. But the NFL media like, like system, the cycle, the 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 uh, the what's the word that Dan Hansis uses? The um, cognoscenti, right? Very much like starts to build this like just ever-growing narrative of like pressure against the team that's performing poorly, even if we expected them to perform poorly before the season. It's like, you know what I mean? Uh, it's just every week, it's like the Steelers, it's like, oh, the Steelers are in disarray. The Steelers are locked, you know, what's going on in the Steelers? Well, we knew this was going to happen. We didn't anticipate it was going to be the greatest season in the world. 
Yeah, F those guys. Who cares? It's just, you know, I don't know. It just feels like every week it's just more and more ridiculous. You know, the hot takes start rolling out. The uh, Mark Madden today tweeted. And, and Mark Madden, by the way. Why Why are we still giving this I know, I know, to? I know. But he's turned off his... You can't even reply to Mark Madden anymore unless he follows you because... It, <laughs> which, I mean, laughable, frankly, given the shit he comes out with. Uh, said, trade TJ Watt. <laughs> no! It was a... Oh, <laughs> The no. guy is a massive fat bellend and should <laughs> shut his mouth. Can we clip that and just send it to him in every possible way? Uh, I know that I even reacted to that, but that's <laughs> fucking ludicrous. Massive fat bellend. It's true, though, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's not a word of a lie in that sentence. <laughs> right. Bellend can be useful in certain situations. Uh, okay. I enjoyed... Uh, uh, I go to... My, my daughter plays oboe. And, um, Excuse me, what's oboe? Like, a, like an instrument? An instrument, yes. Oh, okay. A wood, woodwind instrument. What does it look like? I can't picture an oboe. It's like a, it's sort of, it's like a clarinet, but it's got a wooden pipe and a different reed at the top. Okay. But we, we go into the oboe shop and we're looking at various oboes. <laughs> you know, you go into London. In London, London. In London there's, there's like a specialist uh, orchestral okay. instrument place where there's like different, sh- like different, imagine like five shops, but they're all one shop, but you can go into like the saxophone bit or the trombone. So we go, we go into the oboe bit and there's like a, a very respectable lady behind the counter. And oh yeah, I'm looking at these oboes. She goes, oh yes, that's one of our finest bellends. <laughs> and I'm like, all oh, right, yeah, it is quite a nice bellend, isn't it? Yeah, it's great, yeah. Because a bellend is an oboe, like it's a, a you know, specific type, but she said it with such like sincerity, like she'd never, heard, she never knew there was an alternate meaning for that. And I, I was, I was lapping out. <laughs> I bet you were. Yeah. Just wanted to talk more and more about the bell end. It was great. Oh, I bet you were cracking. We've, we've gone down a comedy corner, okay, gentlemen. Oh, I, w- I will be buying my daughter a, a, a bell end over at some point. We'll see. Oh, uh, the jokes. It's just too. <laughs> no, I can't do it. They're too young. I can't. The jokes are not appropriate. Right. <laughs> Especially about Gav's door. That's what I mean. But he's he's tra- he's like he's like he's coaxing us out, isn't he? He's like, no, like no, I'm not coaxing. He's got, he's got a fresh <laughs> bit of meat in the cave, and he's trying to drag the degenerates out to make. It's the hilarious. I, I I was enjoying it, and it was it was like it was like a comedy world where everyone else wasn't in on the joke, and I was the only guy going. Surely you know this is like the most hilarious thing ever, and they're all like totally straight face going yes it's a wonderful bell end it's in mahogany will, will, it's got great will shine you, will you and the wife sound. also be blowing on the bell end or will it just <laughs> the, the, the wife was, was aware of the the jest but was like trying to keep a straight face okay anyway uh well we, i think we went over the news i was going to talk about um oh, we got some social media corner stuff if you want you've got time for it or we got... now, Kets, would you prefer to uh be on a plane with a crying baby or with russell wilson Russell Wilson. <laughs> Can't be dealing with crying babies on planes. It's like there's no noise cancelling headphone technology that is strong enough to deal with that. What happens? At least you can yeah, put an eye mask on, on and Russell Wilson's exercise routines disappear. <laughs> what happens on the plane if, if he falls asleep and then he wakes up and he's feeling dangerous? What what then? Oh no. On the plane. Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> Except doing, on the uh, medical report. He's week. doing an unlimited amount of high knees <laughs> up and down the uh, <laughs> first class. I'll have plane. unlimited GNTs, please. Because I feel <laughs> dangerous because I just woke up. I mean, how many how many cringy catchphrases can the guy have? 
Apparently, I mean, what I couldn't believe this week was that on top of, I mean, because he just keeps doing it to himself, right? It's, it's like he's like got into his own coffin, sh- like shoved himself into the grave, and now he's like picked up the shovel and he's putting his own like his own dirt on top of him. He uh, a second subway ad came out. A second, I mean, after if after the first subway ad, subway didn't think, mm, let's cut this. <laughs> it's insane. The and reason he, is everyone has been speaking about Subway for the last probably, yeah, four weeks right. to a month. You're probably right. Yeah, nobody spoke about Subway this much since their uh, since their spokesperson was a, a paedophile. So you're probably right about that. Um, I've I've had a dilemma. My um my uh, reigning championship IDP dynasty team was built on a little bit of Russell Wilson. Now we've 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 transitioned away from Wilson to a Garoppolo led offense, but um. And I considered dropping it, dropping Wilson altogether. Now this is dynasty, so I, I was a bit concerned about. I mean, it's only it's only it's only single QB. Gonna drop Wilson, and I was considering picking up uh, like Davis Mills. Or, uh, I, said, I can't do this, so I've just kept him. I've kept him on the bench. What would <laughs> you, you just, do here? Have you just got the two QBs right now? Yeah. Yeah, I've just got Garoppolo and and Wilson. I mean, it's a one QB QB team, yeah, yeah. so you only need. It's not too one. concerning, but yeah, mm. yeah, that's tough, man. I feel you. I'd probably just keep Wilson for now, but yeah, I don't know. Does it feel like is he going to come back? Or is he done? Is he done? Is is that the fact that the NFL has taken away the only thing he can do, which is like run around and hurl it deep? Is it over for him? I think it might be. Um, I kind of saw this coming. I, I I never understood why people thought this Russell Wilson to Denver thing was a good idea. It, I I was on board, stunk. man. I I thought I thought uh, Pete Carroll was an idiot. And Pete Carroll's out, come out of this. He's a genius. Roses. Yeah, yeah. The Gino Smith era has taken off. Got with Gino Smith, and he's making making Correct. plays. Man. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, every QB in the league should want to go to Seattle right now. <laughs> I mean, you talk about vindication, right? It's like, let Russ cook? No. Get Russ, get Russ away from the oven. That was the highlight of his career at the Broncos so far, is when Mike said on the podcast, um, oh, Mile High Stadium's on fire. That's because Russ is cooking. <laughs> that was that was the highlight of his career in Denver. It, it's funny because they've like just got new owners, right, as well, like the, the, the newest ownership group that have just started the season and the stadium sets on fire, but and now, but both liter- literally and metaphorically now. It's uh, and now they're in London this week to face the Jags. It's just uh, has like a stink on it. Which, uh, you do not want to be coming home from London with Russell Wilson doing high, high knees up and down the plane <laughs> after the loss. I mean, that is the sort of uh, the classic firing scenario, isn't it? Losing yeah. London. Yeah. Losing now, now, London. Get if fired. we um, if they do win this game, will we get at the podium a Broncos country? Let's fly. Surely you can't go stoop to that low. <laughs> Not being sponsored by an airline. That's that's uh, <laughs> that's enough for us to talk. We'll we'll revisit this in a later week. I also wanted to ask your opinion on one more thing, NFL related. Uh, Bailey Zappi, Matt Jones. What's going on there? And now I didn't watch this game live, but but looking back at it, so they bring Matt Jones in, right? Who's been injured? Seemingly not injured anymore because he picked up more yards on the ground than he did throwing the ball. Then pull him after a pick and put in Bailey Zappi. Who kind of le- which it seemed like everyone in the stadium wanted, even though yeah, they, they were had a first chanting Zappy, Zappy. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is kind of a bizarre situation that speaks to a fan base that has been spoiled at QB for two decades. Happy, clappy, oh. Bailey Zappy. Well, they, they, they believe in Zappy. I mean, you can't argue. They got Zappy fever. 
I mean, I don't know. Would you stick with Zappi? Or... I'd Maybe stick just... with Jones. I, I think yeah. I'd stick with Jones. You'd, you'd have to, right? I think. Has Zappi developed more zip? He he's been good though. He's, yeah, yeah. He has been good. Just a, a bizarre situation there because they they loved Matt Jones there last year, and it's taken like what two games and an injury for him to be just like, <laughs> tossed aside. It's another weird. Nobody understands it. Actually, quite a clever pick from uh, Mr. Belichick again, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Belichick. People people are lining up to take a scalp off Belichick as well, aren't they? He was supposed to pass George Hallis in that game and failed mm. against a, a moribund team. It's weird how like the sort of Brady versus uh, Belichick thing is. It's turned into one of those like dodgy horse racing games you get down the arcade <laughs> where one horse suddenly edges out and then the other one comes back in and you're never quite sure which one's going to come out. I'm not, I, at this point, I don't know. Obviously, Brady's got the Super Bowl, but he's fallen off such a cliff. You know and what? It, they both sucked all along. <laughs> I'm not sure they did. That's the that's what we've learned. I think I think the ball is in Belichick's court, right? Like if he yeah. can if he can bring this around. back with the Patriots, then you go, oh well, you know, Brady ended up on a good team when he lost all his weapons and he lost his line. He didn't look so good. Lost his wife. What was what was that AB thing? AB's the, obsessed with him. I don't know what is, the, I don't the, know what the, happened the, in that relationship. What's the deal with the Tom Booty? Is he implying that he's having too much fun? Is it, that, that's what I read. He, I that no he's, he, he's, he's away from Giselle and suddenly he's, he's getting a bit loose there with the ladies. Yeah, that's, that, that's what that tweet said to me. You know the ah, tweet, right? Yeah, yeah, I know the tweet, yeah. How did you interpret it? I, well, I just interpreted it as AB was talking nonsense again. <laughs> but it was all... I mean, yeah, it was nonsense, but Tom Booty and, and what was the other... What was, what I, else did I thought he was just saying, like, you know, Tom sucks, like, Tom Booty. Like, he's... Mm, no, I read it. Booty. I read it. It's like, he's... He's getting away with the ladies, man. <laughs> you know I, I, I would love to have been a fly in the wall for any like private interactions between Tom Brady and Antonio Brown towards the end of that that Tampa Bay era. Because what happened? I, what, as far as I can see from the outside, and I'm like Tom Brady's number one critic in the world, but like it seems that Tom Brady was the only hand of, of help to AB at a time when nobody wanted anything to do with him. Uh, and now AB is even further off the deep end, and is now like all he does is like personally attack Tom Brady online. Attack like, anyone the, the the hand that feeds you. Yeah, like he literally just like posts photoshops of like him on Tom Brady's face, like hugging Giselle, and like he's just insane. He's lost his mind. Yeah, no man. Weird situation. Uh, like, maybe he's just... maybe he's a truth seer. He's like one of those dudes in Dune that takes all the spice and can see yeah. through the future. Maybe that's AB. He, well, you know, he knows that, that Tom Brady's a... A, a womanizer. Diddler. A diddler. Yeah. <laughs> a chisel-faced diddler. Let's roll. Let's roll into the uh, the game preview. Steelers versus Eagles. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy, this is a rough spot. Eagles, unbeaten, coming up a bye, playing in Philly where the Steelers famously never win, even when we're good. Mm. Uh, the Eagles are looking to equal their best record to start a season in franchise history at 7-0. Every NFL analyst has picked the Eagles this week. ESPN's Advanced Analytic Engine says that the Steelers have a 14.4% chance to win the game. The spread is Eagles minus 10.5. The, e- the Eagles have scored 26.8 points per game and allowed 17.5 points per game. Uh, and they gain over 400 yards on offense per game. The Eagles lead the series 47 to 29. <laughs> this isn't looking good, is it? 
Oh, and they've just signed a Pro Bowl tackle just to add misery to. <laughs> who? Who? <laughs> have, have they just signed Robert Quinn? Yeah. Mm. Oh, sorry. Defensive. Sorry, with you. Defensive end, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, when you said tackle, I thought you meant offensive tackle. I was like, where are these? Th- where are these Pro Bowl offensive tackles that are lying around on the street? <laughs> they don't need any uh, any signings of tackles. They got quite a good O line. <laughs> the tackles everywhere. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's fair to say that the narratives almost exclusively suggest the Steelers are walking into a bear trap um, in this game. Is this one of those ones where there's no pressure though? Yes, that's what no, I'm saying. Like there is no chance they win this game so maybe they can pull it out and win when it. was the last time we said this right against the Buccaneers against the Bucks, yeah. now mm, things have changed different. a little bit since then the Bucks obviously aren't looking like the world beaters we maybe you know people maybe painted them as going into that game and the Eagles are still undefeated but are the Eagles also paper tigers I mean you know that's yet to be no. seen okay I, I don't so, think they are you don't think so no I don't now, you look at the, look at their team I mean it's solid so it when when did the Eagles get this good I'm not sure. Uh, when Jalen Hurts decided just to become Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I mean, but so, so they've like uh, the AJ Brown trade just pushed them over the edge. I think. I mean, yeah. you know, the receiving core. You got Goddard, the good tight end. The, the line is solid. Sanders, the running back. You know, that's a good running back that's been kind of dead for a while. He's alive. He's come alive. Defensively, the secondary is awesome. I mean, Bradbury, Maddox, and Darius Slay. They've got Chauncey. Yeah, Gardner Johnson. Um, Yeah, I mean, TJ Edwards is underrated. He's a great linebacker. It's just, it's great team building, right? Yeah. And not even just through the draft. Like, I don't, they're not starting any rookies, right? I don't think. No, I mean, do you know who their second lowest graded player is on PFF? Fletcher Cox on the defense. I mean, that's how good the defense yeah. is. But but look at the way they've, they've acquired players, right? I mean, Javon Hargrave there, that's the start of that almost new build-up after the um, the era of the Super Bowl, Philadelphia Eagles. And then mm. they've built out this secondary, like you say, with you know trades for Darius Slay and picking up James Bradbury. And, and one of my guys, Milton Williams. I mean, I, I love that guy in the draft. He, he they, I thought they reached on him in the end, but it's, it turns out to be a great pick. I mean, just solid up front. Really, really tough, tough outing for Pickett. I think. Yeah. And they've got lucky, right? Jordan Malata, right? Just came out of nowhere. Just a foreign pickup, but what was it, a seventh round pick or something? He's turned into a great left tackle from there. Yeah, dude was playing rugby, wasn't he? It was a yeah. rugby thing. I mean, no that never happens, right? So I mean they have just they have really like sort of built this team the right way. Some risks have paid off, I think, in terms of trades and, and sort of back end of the roster dudes that have showed up and and all of a sudden, you've got a roster that looks great and uh, a quarterback who's sort of turned the corner, it seems like, in Jalen Hurts at the right time. Yeah, I mean, I was wrong on Hurts. I, I wasn't mm. a believer. Didn't think he could do it. But, yeah, I mean, they've, they've found an offense that works. I, I was campaigning for the Gardner Minshew Eagles. Right. <laughs> Let's get Minshew on this team, by the way. Let's get him back in a picket. I'll reopen that in the offseason. Um, mm. It's not, yeah, it's not It's not looking great. <laughs> but let's, let's just sit back, enjoy this enjoy game. It's probably yeah. going to lose it. It's ground pains, ground pains for Pickett. You know, it's the only way you can view this because this is a on four, I mean, 6 0 on form team probably heading. Is it who, Who's better than them in the NFC right now? Nobody. Are they, are they the team to beat in the they NFC? They are the team to beat in the NFC, yeah. I think the Cowboys are going to try and make... You know, now, we're yet to see what's going on with Dak. Let's, let's let that play out. But 
think the Cowboys have got a defense that that makes them, you know, eligible to beat this team on any given day. It doesn't feel like a mirage though, the Eagles, does it? It feels um, like they're real. Yeah. I'm excited to watch forget. this game because I haven't had enough eyes on the Eagles yet this season. So I, you know, I'm excited to see this this team. You know, it feels it feels like the Giants could be a mirage. It does. It feels like yes. the Eagles are solid. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I think the Giants are winning through great coaching. Yeah. More than anything. Good so, endings. They just had happy endings right across the board. Happy endings, yeah. yeah. More happy endings than the Cleveland offense. Right, Cleveland not doing so good. <laughs> <laughs> Where, uh, okay. What what if um, Pickett turned out to be Daniel Jones? Oh, no, no, come on. Do we know that Pickett <laughs> was an Eagles fan growing up as well? By the way, he was. Yeah. Looked at that narrative, which is weird because he was he's a Jersey kid. So what, how you know how did that come about? Don't know. Maybe he didn't want to be a Giants or a Jets fan. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Maybe he just really like Donovan McNabb. Yeah, guess. Also, I think South Jersey is quite close to Philadelphia. In fact, I think it borders Philadelphia. So oh, really? that that is fairly sensible, I think, geographically. Okay, fair enough. Mm. My, my yeah, it's in that, in, that, in that area, yeah. In my head, I was thinking like Jersey, coast, uh, Philadelphia, inland. That also is true. It's not that simple, probably. <laughs> you could probably live on the left side of Jersey, but left. Left isn't a thing, is it? The, uh, the west port side. side. The port side. Yeah, the western side of... Anyway, let's not get into US geography. Um it's uh yeah so do you, i mean i don't know what else to say on this game because I, do you see a what is the route to the steelers win outside of it just being a game with no pressure what, blind what, luck what do we attack is there anything to attack is there is there a i mean because i will say where, say where there is pressure it's matt kinder you know i mentioned already this talk that we got the bye week after this game this could be the last matt, matt kinder game we've seen i mean we've spoke about earlier in the season i think mike said you know we're not going to get the coordinated firing it's not the steelers way well you know Adidi Kinkabala said this isn't your grandfather's Steelers and that there is real push to move Matt Kinder out of that building. And this has been building, right? I mean, how many different things have we seen? You know, things Tomlin said, Chris Boswell, maybe or maybe not calling Matt Kinder out in tunnels. You know, but just it just feels like this has been building now, even within the team. I think the Steelers, the route to the Steelers win is short term, lose this game, long term win because we get a competent offensive coordinator. Right. <laughs> See? It's the best we can hope for. <laughs> Uh, what would it take for a firing, you think, in this game? What saves Matt Kinder's job in this game? What, actually during the game? Or? Not during the game, you know, like in the bye week. What, you know. So you're saying the firing's more likely than not? No, I'm saying what? how bad would this offense need to be on Sunday for Matt Kinder to be fired, do you think? No touchdowns. Less than 10 points? Hmm. 20 points? I've got them scoring one touchdown. Just looking uncompetitive. Not moving the ball. If, if if this offense looks the same as it did last week, is he fired? I nah, I, I can't see it. Hmm. We shall see. Maybe that's a kebab. No, I'm not going to do it. Okay. I, I don't know how many. The problem is I don't know how many kebabs I've got on the line these days. No, we, 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 look, Steelers are going to lose this game. Well, yes, they are going to lose this game, well, and it it time. comes down to how do they lose this game? Badly. How badly? How how badly do they have to lose for people to start losing jobs? Like plus forty point differential? Oh no. Plus that's... twenty point differential? It's not, I don't think it's even about the points. I think it's about how the offensive how the offense looks on the field. I think if the offense is is stuck in mud the way it has been the last two weeks, I think that might be it. I'm erring on the side that it happens because I think the pressure is mounting, and I think 
Tomlin is kind of shouldering it right now. I don't know. I think you have to have someone in mind to go to. I understand. Yeah, I agree. I understand that. But they must have been looking. Do they? I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a Steelers move. But it's got. There's only. It's so not much like there's an air. You know, there's no air apparent in the building, is there? No. It's not like. You know, there's not some whiz kid QB well, coach. Maybe that's good. That's not the answer. Let's go and you know, let's go outside and find someone. Hello, uh, Mr. Successful uh, Offensive Coordinator. The, the, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers calling. Would you like to join us? No. Okay, great. I, I just don't see where the candidate is going to come from right now. They're out there. They must be. It's got, They're it's out there. Ha- and they know that if they <laughs> do think, a good job, they can turn that Steelers team around and become... There's pieces. There's weapons. Generational the, team. The, the best bet is wait for the season. No, wait for a no, head coach. No! Wait. <laughs> Wait for a head coach to get fired, and we bring in a head coach as as OC. No more preaching mm-hmm. conservative move for no. I won't have it. Not some dude out of college that's got some smoked up mushroom based playbook. Bring in like I don't know, Mike Vrabel. I, I don't know, and someone, someone. Not Mike Vrabel. A bad example. But someone. then we'd have three head coaches on the ros- on on yeah, the, the staff. I, that's what I feel like it needs. It needs it needs a head. Let's hire Andrew Reid. <laughs> it needs not a yes man. Someone that can be like like a Brian Flores on the, on the yeah. defence. Someone like that. I don't know who it is. We get to see. Someone on a fa- I don't know. Who, someone out of Green Bay, Bay or some other team that's failing the Bucks. I don't know. Someone. Is there anybody out there? <laughs> you can't really. This is the trouble. You can't pull an offensive coordinator out of a team mid-season, can you? So No, exactly. So it has to happen at the end of the season. I don't know. I don't care. I just, let's get Matt Canada out of here just for this year and then see, you know, let's just... Convince Brian Arian, uh, Bruce Arian, sorry, to come back. Brian Bruce Arians? Bruce is, is standing around on the sidelines at Tampa Bay games. Exactly. I'll take, confused I'll take Brian Arians. Brian Arians. He's <laughs> Brian shacking, Arians. stacking Local shelves in, <laughs> in Walmart right now, but he's suddenly got the call up. Uh, right, let's predict this game. All right. I'm going for a, a Steelers loss, 32 to 13. What? That is bizarre. You know what I've got written down? Eagles 34-30. So close. Class. Rich has got Eagles 27, Steelers 17. And Mike has got Eagles 28, Steelers 17. So they're very close as well. Mm. I've, I, can I give you the sack leader? Wait, what about yourself, Kets? You, you Hang on. Uh-huh. Yeah, just... Um, I think it will be... 31-10 to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I'm going with no sack. No sack. I also sack. wrote no sack. <laughs> I'm going no sack. Rich is going no sack. Oh, no. And Mike has put Minka INT. So Rich has asked him who gets the first sack. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, okay. Mike not understanding the game and four no sacks. <laughs> oh, Positivity. Dear. Actually, no. Fuck that. Can I go TJ Watt, please? Whoa. Whoa. He, he, he practised today. That's Oh, put it this way. It's either going to be no sacks or TJ is going to come back. <laughs> and get a sack. Right. But you don't get a point for no sacks if there's no sacks and you said TJ. Well, at least to get the joy of like they'll, potential that they'll he They'll try and bring him back, back after the bye, I think. I know after the bye, but if, if he plays this game, even if he plays a few snaps... At least then, you know, 
Highsmith's not going to get triple teamed. What day is it? It's Thursday. He's on IR. <laughs> yeah, he can come back Saturday. It's fine. It's more likely a, a, player, a player on IR gets a sack than anyone else. <laughs> but isn't it? Okay. Weird happens. If TJ looks at someone, they might go down. <laughs> he can get more pressure on somebody from the sidelines than most of this, uh, this defence. Do you know what? I won't go no sacks. I feel like... Uh, I don't know. I feel like... But then again, he probably escapes a lot of sacks, right? Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I'd love to see what are the stats on Jalen Hurts taking sacks. I don't know. It's probably very difficult to sack. Yeah, decent line as well. No sacks, no sacks, no sacks. Mm. Right, weird happening. I'm going to say Darius Slay, big Slay, big play Slay gets two picks on Pickett. You got that, Kets? I'm going Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, and the Slim Reaper all score touchdowns. Who's the Slim Reaper? Uh, Devonta Smith. Okay, of course. You not heard that name? Uh, no. Okay, there I'm you go. Out, I'm out of the loop. Clearly. Uh, Rich has gone picket, passing touchdown, and running touchdown. Wow, skewing positive. What what was his uh, score prediction? Yeah, he, he sure predicted less points than that. Even. 27-17, so oh, it's no. possible. No, no, it's doable. Yeah, that and a field goal. Okay, it's all on picket. Uh, Mike has gone. Um, one out of Claypool, DJ, and Pickens gets held to less than ten receiving yards. Ooh, that's an interesting. Wait, throw. one of them gets held to less than ten. Yeah, it's not that much of an onion hanger, is it? But I think we can allow it for a point. It's a point out of that one. I mean, I, I, but all th- I can hear his voice in my head right now. All, all three of them definitely go for more than that every week. So it's a, it's, it's fair. But I, I hear what he's, I see what he's going for. I can take it. I, I see what he's going for because this is a strong secondary. They're going to probably like completely take away someone. Yep. Mm, Rich being smart about this. This is why he wins games. That was Mike. No. Oh, was that Mike? Of course you fucking take it. Oh, I take it back. Everything I've said. <laughs> that what was just Mike's, happened? That was Mike's prediction, was it, Kets? Who's prediction yes. was that? Oh, okay. Right. Sorry. I'm just zoning out. Sorry. So Rich went for picket pass touchdown, picket oh, yeah, rush so touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> My brain's just destroyed. Mike, Mike confused you, clearly. Yeah, evidently. That's how the game goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, gave, I, gave, uh, I gave Rich all this credit that I won't give Mike. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all a bit right. Okay, Survivor, have you, have you done all those kits? Uh, hang on, I just need mine. Um, I'm going to go with... Um, consistent um, TV sort of shots of Matt Canada with him not having a clue and the pressure getting towards him towards the end of the game. And then him, does he do a sweep, like a sweep of the desk, knocking all the playbook files off? <laughs> no, because who was it that did that the other week? The Bills offensive coordinator. The Bills offensive coordinator, yeah. yeah. But that was actually good because... You could show that he had passion and some idea yeah. what he was doing. And the hand came in to block the camera. It's like, nope. Yeah. So I, I'm going for that happens combined with the low kind of points level, potentially below 10. Um, and then he gets fired because that can be the best possible outcome of this game. For me. So low points under 10 and gets fired. Yes. Is it 10 and under or under 10? Let's clarify this. Uh, I'll go under 10.5. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> Just 
you got all kinds of drops ready in today. There you go. Coming in right. with a vengeance. Survivor. Uh, I have no, so Kets to pull the curtain back. Still not uploaded the uh, the document, so I have no idea who I've picked previously. You. So <laughs> I right, have a on. list of four teams that I'm ready to pick in case I've picked any of the others. <laughs> go. I've got the list here of who you have picked. So. Right. First up, I have the Eagles. Uh, I think you're all right with the Eagles. Oh, good. Well, forget the rest of them. Screw you, Bengals, Bills, and Dolphins. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, um, hang on. Who did we pick last week, actually? Hang on, I've got a list here. Yes, you oh, went. No! I've, got it. I've got it. You went Jets last week. So yeah, which won? Wow, out of the blue. I finally I've got, got a the point. complete list. Uh, Mr. Marshall. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Taking on the Bears. That's fine. Mm-hmm. What did I go over one with Chiefs last week? So I'm going to go Eagles this week because I've not had them yet. Um, Rich went Eagles, but he had them in week four. So I've asked him <laughs> for a new pick. Oh, so and he's being sly again. <laughs> Mike has didn't, gone. Didn't, hasn't Rich got on you multiple times, sorry, about not knowing who you've picked? He has, actually. You're right. And, and now he's done it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and Mike went... Jets last week, so he has gone Miami this week. Miami. All right, can we have a score update? Uh, no. <laughs> every week you ask for a score update, and every every week gets says no. Well, it's not every week that I didn't know. This has become one of my favourite running themes. I'm convinced right. there isn't a score. There I want to know how score. I'm doing. I want to know how I'm doing. Did the Bucks win last week? No. They did not. I lost. So you're I lost, five and I two. lost this, and I lost a load of money on that because I kept doubling down. That oh. was one of those ones where I kept piling yeah. on more money. Yeah. I had to make a load of like crazy bets to win back my money, and I did, thankfully. Oh wow! But it was. This is why I got out of bed. <laughs> hairy, hairy there for a minute. Right. So you're five and two, and you only care about your own score. So I can five add and two. Else is up next week. Yep. What does that mean? <laughs> and the survivor. How, how have I lost two? You lost with the Chiefs in week three, and you lost with the Bucks in week seven. Okay. So this is just the survivor. I don't have the scores. I've been busy this week. So what's the point? (laughs) So all the other ones just meaningless. All that matters is survivor. Well, nobody has got a point pretty much in the play of the game thing, and nobody really has got a point in terms of first sack either, I don't think, because we've not had any sacks. So um, yeah, ultimately it's probably all pointless. What about what about the uh, score prediction? No, I must I've say had, now when, them up. when it comes to our yearly. Reviews, Although you did say last week, Gav, that the Steelers were going to win, so that went well. But it, it nearly happened. <laughs> Come on, that that came that was close. Gav, Gav, when, when it comes to when I sit you all down to do our little one-on-one yearly reviews of your performances this year. I think it will be noted that one of the key uh, areas of, of Ketz's role this year was to improve the picks game, and it feels that the picks game has somehow got worse. <laughs> it's not got worse. I just think it's less. It's a little bit more Byzantine. We it's argue. Not, we argue less about. We argue the, less about the rules, but we're unclear about who's actually winning. Or any ability to get points other than picking the survivor. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, catch, just it's like it's like Mike with the with the draft board. Just come prepared with the damn league table about who's winning. We, we, the, the the audience need to know who is in the lead, who they need to be rooting for or not. 
Kets has got right. it in the neck today. Okay. Kets has got it in the neck today. <laughs> <laughs> this has been coming from Gav. Oh dear. Right. That's I'll tell fine. you what. I love I'll it. You... I've delegated it to you and now I'm giving you grief. I oh, know. <laughs> this is my stress and that's your stress. <laughs> fine. I will take it. I, no, I took, Kets, you sound I, hurt. No. Don't be hurt. I took on weights and measures and I'm failing miserably at that. <laughs> no, so you're not far. failing. You're doing very well. Just needs to be presented with a bit more uh, gusto. Listeners, please, if you're still here, um, write in with supportive messages to Kets for his weight. Does anyone weight. know who's winning anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> the beautiful thing is nobody probably cares. I know. That, <laughs> that's that's the beauty switched off by now. So yeah, fuck you all. That's it. Right. <laughs> Last thing before we uh, run off. Uh, Fantasy. Yeah, fantasy. Let's talk. Because it's an interesting week this week. So this week uh, we lost, oh, oh dear. We lost Facebook czar Jason this week. Mm. Jason Bowdler. Give me the soundtrack, guy. Ooh. Underwhelming as always now, that sound drop. <laughs> I like that drop. You know, no, it sounds good to you, but it doesn't come through anymore for some oh, reason. Dear. It like cuts off Do the end to, of it. I don't know. Give it a bit more level. Hang on, how about this? Better. Much better. Yeah, well done. Fell that on my neck. All right, okay. I need to crank I it felt, to, to I felt 15. the wind off that as it came <laughs> down. It's a chilly drop. It's it, you get You get the images of like... Flags fluttering in the wind as like a head rolls into a basket and sad crowds. That's what I get. I pictured Sean Bean. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. No spoilers. Right. Sean uh, Bean, I, I ran into at home base. He was lo- Have I told this story before? He was I loading think so, in. I think I yes. told you yeah. that I'd ran into, um, and I forgot his name that time as well. Who played mm. the king in the, the Robert Baratheon uh, in B&Q? And I thought it was funny. That's that a B&Q, into, wasn't it? Are you yeah. selling umbrellas yeah. or something? <laughs> no, that was when I met um, uh, Paddy McGuinness. Ah, okay. Solid. When I was selling rotary errors, not umbrellas. But I like that you remembered that it was a round thing that went outside. <laughs> <laughs> a rotary error. I remember error. it was out, outside the store. <laughs> you obviously were selling them because you're the only person that knows their official technical name. Well, I actually shouted across the, the quite vast B&Q car park. And, and the B&Q in Bolton uh, is the largest in the north. I shouted across the car park, hey, Paddy. And he looked at me, he had sunglasses on. And I said, and it was the height of summer. Uh, no, sorry, it wasn't actually. It was winter. It was like, it was, I want to say it was like November or something like that. It was quite cold. So that was why we were selling this excess stock of rotary errors. And I shouted, Paddy. And he looked at me and I said, do you want a rotary error? And he just sort of like looked at me and went, no, I'm all right, mate. <laughs> Walked into being cute. I like cool the story, idea, bro. That whole phrase across a vast car park would have sounded like, rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> probably what he heard i bet there's a large section of listeners that don't know what a rotary era is a rotary era is like what you hang clothes on outside and it spins around it's on a pole you've probably seen them is it different to a linear era yes rotary i know that but what 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 is the uh linear era is a washing line your washing line yeah one of these stand-up kind of steel constructions. Now, a clothes I, horse, perhaps. which is a better See, era? That's Rotary correct. Or linear? That is correct. I call them clothes horses as well. What else would it be? Amy oh, tells me they are called. Here we go. Amy tells me that's called a maiden. No, it's, oh, a, it's a drying like, rack. You oh, northern oh, oh, weirdos! I, hate that. I absolutely hate that. Is so southern. It's a drying rack. It's, it's a drying it, rack. This is exactly what it is. You know, there's, there's absolutely no creativity or fun allowed. A clothes anything. maiden. Sorry. Unbelievable. This is no, it's not the a 17th maiden century. Either. Yeah, that's that's like an old school thing to call it. I don't know where Amy's getting off on that one, but um, it's a clothes definitely horse a clothes is horse. also incorrect. 
Why, why is it a horse? It's not an animal. Saddle up on it's it. It's a rat. <laughs> See, there's the concept people want. <laughs> do you know what, listen, Gav? You listeners, please write in. What you let down south, we've got enough money. Just whack it in the dryer. What do you need it for anyway? No, no, the, the, the dryer has not, has not gone on in our household <laughs> this year. We are absolutely terrified of turning on any electrical appliances or the heating. The heating is, is staying cold. We are breathing out steam in this house because it it's so like, cold. It sounds like you need a, a, a rotary drying rack. Well, I don't know because there's no wind. There's nothing. <laughs> just misery. It's just a desolate landscape down there. Yeah, it sounds like this. <laughs> That's what it's like in the Marshall household right now when it comes to energy bills. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Anyway. <laughs> so we lost Jason this week. <laughs> Fantasy. <laughs> and why did we lose it? Oh, Jason, because he forgot to change his lineup and play DeAndre Swift instead of Antonio Gibson, who was out. Oh, dear. And he no just survived. Excuses. He just no survived. Excuses. I know. Well, I don't, you know, he's a busy man. You know, he's got a lot of work to do, I'm sure. But yeah, you got to be updating that roster in the kebab bowl, man. And Mark Andrews, we've got to say, if he'd, if he'd have even got a normal, you know, a subpar Mark Andrews week, he'd have been fine. But Mark Andrews laid an egg on him this week, and uh, it cost him. The real headline is Audley, the vamp, mm. picking up picking up scalps left, right, and centre. Took yeah. took uh, Mahomes off off well, uh, Rich this week. Yeah, Audley beat. Not only did he beat uh, Rich, he finished second in scoring this week behind only me, of course. I uh, you know I, I only I only beat everyone ah. by forty six points this week, so I must do better to make sure that, that I'm not at risk of the vampire. But. Uh, mm. But yeah, uh, Matt Audley, impressive with the. I mean, I don't know what happened this week. Every player he had, even though they're all kind of a lot of them are like auto ran kind of dudes, just went off. Mm. This is why the the rules are changing quite. So he's <laughs> but, but, too but, good. I think, but I think he's doing like kind of. He's done a great job. Of him, right? I mean, a great job. Yeah, impressive. impressive. He can't so, get eliminated, so you know. What What do we think of him taking Mahomes? Because I would have taken Cup. I gotta be honest. Cup would have added. Cup would have been straight on my roster if I was him. No, I think he. I think he was worried that he didn't have a quarterback, so he needed one. But so, he's, I, but he's riding with Gino. Yeah, but that we all know that's fool's gold, right? That's fantasy fool's gold. Sure. I understand. I understand it. You know, wide receivers can be got elsewhere. I get it, but yeah, I don't know. Cup is a consistent week to week, hundred percent. You're going to get, you know, twenty two, thirty points. Yeah, I, th- I think he's thinking. Get a solid baseline play out of the I quarterback understand. position. It puts him in can, a good stead, yeah. He can take a scalp every week now. He can. What happens if the vamp wins? I hadn't really considered this. I haven't even, I've never understood how the vamp wins, but I'm assuming you figured that out. Well, the vamp wins if he gets to the championship game. But w- won't he definitely get to the championship game? Because he can't be eliminated. <laughs> no, because the championship game will be... <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Um, the and so game. the league and battles. <laughs> well, no, because there's more teams. No, it doesn't. It's payback time, or governor. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Illegally. Um, but aren't there more teams than there are weeks? So potentially he might not make it into the final, even though he will survive. Right, he I'll, will survive. I'll believe you on that. I... I'm not sure. I think I think that's what I was counting on. I haven't done the maths. Now, I also saw another complaint from Ian this week that he thought waivers were wrong. I don't know if that's right or not. I got them in in time this week, but what do you have anything to say to that? Um, what I will say to that is if you are eliminated, you should do the good thing and drop all your players. Don't wait for me. Uh, Ooh. 
Oh, wait, so you want p- eliminated players to have the indignity of going in and doing your admin? Yes. Right. Interesting. I'd prefer that, to do it so, on so Tuesday. You've you've unburdened yourself with the predictions game and then berated Kets, so and now you're berating the listener for not yeah. doing your admin. <laughs> I'm handing out work. I'm delegating. <laughs> no, it's fair enough. I, I do it on a Wednesday morning. I, I still think the, there's, there's time. It's Hey, I warned everyone this wasn't going to be fair this year. So it's not fair. Have you considered maybe doing it on a Tuesday? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it should be done on a Tuesday, I admit. But hey, we last are- week I was ill, this week I was busy. I try. I try. He's trying his best. But it's the same for everyone. So it's fair. True. Okay. Well, with that said, we, we roll on. Is anyone going to be able to uh, compete with my dominance? We'll see. We'll see. I picked up. Uh, who did everyone pick up this week? Anyone? Anyone interested? I grabbed. Uh, I was surprised how little people were paying now, but no one's got any money left, right? So they burnt through it. Classic mistake. Uh, the one that I wanted was Kamara. I just put a six dollar bid on him, speculative. I know, but I did it just in case because there's not that much money flying around anymore. He went for sixteen to Potts. Uh, Mike cheap. Andrews went to, for fifteen dollars to Josh K. I was second on that with four dollars. Oof, Josh K. Swipe. Oof. Uh, I picked up Pittman for four bucks, which I'm, I'm pretty pleased with. Although, Ketz, you swiped in and took Drake London off me. I was trying to re-pick back up. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Now, are the Colts starting Sam Ellinger this weekend? Is that yes. what's happening? Yes. Now, how do you feel about that with, with Pittman? Do you know, I feel kind of all right about it because I think um, I like Sam Ellinger. You know this already. You know, maybe I'm being too uh, too positive and rosy-eyed about the, the rookie coming in. But I think a guy like that, even if he makes mistakes, he's going to throw the ball around. I think is he, he? Actually, is he I not going to tuck and run? Well, maybe. I don't know. I think he might increase the upside for Pittman. I think Ryan is maybe limiting. Mm. We'll see. Well, we will see. Uh, and DeAndre Swift went for nothing, which I don't know how that happened. I, honestly, I would have put a bid on for him if I'd noticed. I don't know how I let that slip by me. So that was not something. Got a pricing force. Enough. Yeah, I don't know how he went for. I mean, I know he's been injured, but like he's due back and he's a, a big time, you know, running back. So fair play to uh, to Phil for getting him for nothing. Yeah, and Rich, you know, Rich, who was beat by the vampire this week, Mahomes was taken from him. Drops Matt Ryan, who's been benched, and picks up Davis Mills. Oh, rough week for Rich. Set your own. Yeah. Damn. He did get Tom Brady for nothing as well. Dropping Mac Jones. Mm. All right, rolling out that Brady uh, Davis Mills combo. We'll see how that goes. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see how it pays off. Yeah, we'll see. Sorry. Crazy league. Right. Crazy okay. league. Okay, uh, right, where are we? Usually this is the point where Dave comes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. We don't have a Dave. No, it's up to you. We can either we could talk it's Halloween this week. We could you know, we could natter about Halloween related things. Or we could just go. It's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh I don't mind. I don't I don't have much. I don't have much about Halloween. We we we've we've kind of tread the course of Halloween. I mean I I was struggling <laughs> in that my uh my ten-year-old daughter. I mean, how do you, how do you, what film should I show mm. her? That's a good question. The what, oh, what's suitable? What's now? She watched that and said it was shite. No. What, what film is scary enough but not too scary for a ten-year-old? I don't know. I tell you what, I Steelers tell you what Bills be. game. Mm. Yeah. There's um the, on Netflix right now. Um, Guillermo del Toro's doing a, an anthology series called. That, um, that's funny because I had, actually had this conversation at work and someone suggested the orphanage film. 
which I oh. thought oh, maybe that's too scary. I don't know. Yeah, that, that is scary. Psychological. Yeah, but it's not. There's no actual. When you think about it, there's nothing actually. Like if you describe yeah. the film, there's nothing in it where you're like, this is too disturbing for a ten year old. But psychologically, it's scary. I mean, it's kind of. And they're, they're often the most scariest ones, right? Where there's actually nothing happening, but it's the terror inside your own brain that gets you. Is she scared of rats? What are you thinking, Ratatouille? <laughs> Great no, job. One of these, one of these, um, one of these anthology ones is is like uh, about an underground, like a grave digger who goes underground and is like running from rats. That's quite good. Hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen it. You should check him out. The, the, there's this. Uh, he's releasing two episodes a day until I think tomorrow's the last day. On what platform? On Netflix. All right. And uh, some are better than others. There's one episode three, I think it is, called The Autopsy, that is like elite, really good. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, David Pryor did it. He did a film called The Empty Man last year. It was like his first movie. And I didn't love the movie, but it was one of those ones. You know, when you watch a movie and you think, I don't quite connect with this film, like this story, but I can tell that the director's got some like special panache. It's and, got some like, juice. Yeah. And you could definitely see it in this. Um, Del Toro, uh, I struggle with him. I've got to be he's honest. He's not directing. He's just kind of like brought directors in the, and like kind of tied it together as a. a All right, but, but let's talk about him. What? Okay. Uh, All right, okay. What's his best movie? Hmm. Hang on. Let me some people. Are, some people. Are, some people are going to go to Pan's Labyrinth. Now there was a good moment in that movie. I'm not sure it was that good. I haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth yet. You haven't seen Chloe it? Keep, no, Chloe keeps telling me to watch it. Though. Mm. To go through all the uh, Guillermo's. Um, it's one of those ones where I was like, oh, it's an amazing foreign language film. Amazing foreign language film. You actually watch it and go, is it that amazing? Or is it just because it's got subtitles and it's kind of cool? I, I mean, know. I guess it's I guess it's Shape of Water, right? <laughs> I mean, I hate what you're saying. It's not like... I, I don't know. I think with Guillermo del Toro, he's like, he's like more of a vibe than just like a great director. I don't know. Like, I, I, mm. I, I, I smile when I see him. I don't know. Kind of like with John Goodman. I think it's just like these big plump happy guys. Maybe. I mean, like, <laughs> what what was his breakout? Cronus? About a weird golden crab that's a watch? I mean, what was that movie? Do you see that movie? No, I've not seen that either. I, I, what was that? I don't know. It's like a a timepiece that's a crab that's a watch. I, don't, I, don't, I, I have no idea what that movie was about. I watched it when it came out and went, yeah, it was all right. And then and now I, I can't remember it. Have you, well, you seen Nightmare Alley yet? No. That's his newest one. That's Is it good? good? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but again, uh, kind of like an eight out of ten kind of movie for me. I'm not yeah, like me. Yeah, yeah, like not. So maybe the orphanage is the best one. Mm, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. People, people are gonna be going. Pat's Labyrinth, man. The I don't know. Overrated. There's Guillermo del Toro's Oscar down the bit. Yeah. <laughs> of course, st- you know, starred in uh, as a as an actor in. Uh, Death Stranding, one of my favorite video games. Cats, mm. you watching right. any any horror films this uh, Halloween or no? No, I don't tend to like the uh, the horror genre personally. You don't survive in this house. Sacrilege. I know. I know that'd be an unpopular take, which is why I've been sat here <laughs> quietly. <laughs> I'm watching that um, TV series on Netflix at the moment, which is more of a psychological kind of thing called The Watcher. Uh, the house in New Jersey. I haven't watched it. Have you finished it or not? Oh, no, yeah. I've heard this. Is, this is in. terrifying. Yeah, I've heard of it. Lisa's watching it. Yeah, she's saying it shits you up mentally. Yeah. 
do you know what? I've just realised I can't believe I haven't brought it up already. Um, so I went and watched Halloween Ends the other the other week. Mm. You know, the the last in the trilogy of this new Halloween. Yeah. Oh, no, so so to to pull back the curtain, last year when the second movie came out, what was that called? Halloween something else. Um, a couple of my friends went and watched it like without me. I watched it with Chloe, and they left, and they called us, and we were talking about it, and he was saying how he thought that was the worst movie he'd ever seen, right? Wow, and I was strong. like, I was like, that's hyperbole. I'm like, the movie wasn't good, but because the first one I thought was pretty good, the second one I thought was poor. People loved the 2018. Yeah, the first one was good. It was it was good. I enjoyed it, but the the second one was poor. You know, the whole evil dies tonight. It's like, oh my god. But you know, there was there was some redeeming stuff to it. There was some good kills. He did go on a rampage. It was you know, it was it was fine. This movie may unironically be the worst movie ever. Oh wow, really? <laughs> I haven't seen any of these. So I am I've... just I don't know what happened. I, I haven't seen a trilogy go this far off the rails since the Skywalker saga. It is a mess. Uh, it's as if the writers forgot to write a script to this film. Yikes. <laughs> Almost entirely. Uh, Mike Myers is barely even in his own film. Um, it, it is really bad. <laughs> How does it rank against? Because the other one that keeps popping up is the Purge trilogy. Trilogy. How how uh, how does it rank? I don't mind that? the Purge because I think the Purge, if nothing else, is at least it's got some inventiveness to it. They have to, they've obviously taken it too far. There's been too many Purge movies, right? I mean, I'm just looking now. It's been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven I think, seven or eight. I mean, that's a, what, what other, since Saw, obviously we had Freddy and Jason in the 80s. Then we had Saw, Scream, Halloween. What other horror franchises has there been? Purge is probably the... the... Yeah, I mean, people have kind of distanced themselves from that format of making movies now. It's, I feel like it's a little bit more about the author director now, right, who goes about and, you know, your Robert Eggers, your Ari Aster's, like, they go and do different uh, projects. James Wan. James Wan, yeah. I guess the Conjuring. I guess the Conjuring is probably yeah. the closest to that. I think James Wan is is the master of making you scared by making you anticipate a jump that doesn't happen, and that is a skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I quite liked um, uh, malignant. malignant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good for that. I, and I love the Conjuring movies. The, the, yeah, I, I actually didn't even mind the last Saw. The, you know, the Spiral one. I know everyone hated it. I, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Um, Chris Rock is kind of a weird pick to play that. But. Yeah. This is a uh, sore experience you can do now. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you it's not seen this? like sawing off my own leg? Or? I don't know. I'm really curious. <laughs> Have you not? I, 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 I imagine you to be one of these guys that turns up at Brent Cross doing the Stranger Things experience. You've not done any of these things. Well, we do every year for like the last six years. Me and Chloe have done like uh, at York Maze, you know, like the, the corn maze. They do like horror thing for the entire month of October and we go on Halloween normally and like do they have like haunted houses you know where people like, dress up and attack you with chainsaws and stuff mm-hmm. sounds fun and uh we, yeah we enjoy that but we're, we're giving it a rest this year just because we've done it that many years we're going to wait a year and let them change it up a bit but mm. so you're not Stranger Things fans oh I love Stranger Things yeah so why have you not come down to London for the Stranger Things experience I literally didn't know there was a Stranger Things experience it's in Brent Cross I don't know. I don't know, I don't know it, what that is. I don't know what Brent it's, <laughs> it's a place, and uh, it was uh, it was a Toys R Us, and it was desolate wasteland for a, for a couple of years there. You just drive past it. It's like as you're driving to Tesco's, you go past this like derelict wasteland mm. where Toys R Us was. Now it's Stranger Things, and you see you see you drive to Tesco's and you see people dressed up as like Hellfire Club or. <laughs> 
random people from the 80s just like wandering across like a dual carriageway trying to get to this place i've got no idea if it's good or not but some, someone someone I, I presume it's good <laughs> yeah no that sounds good it's it's nice for you to have all these things down there isn't it? it's great and it's capital city <laughs> you know there's stuff happening it's nice for you to have these things down there <laughs> not a hint of jealousy in my book amazing um, oh, that it sounds like four a point. Thing. I don't know what that is. It's got a, yeah, exactly. It's got a four point six on uh, Google. On its is, that, is that out of five or out, out of five? Yeah, out of five. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was cool. Well, check it out. Yeah, will, will, will I? Uh, will I get to meet Millie Bobby Brown? Which one's that? The the main girl in Stranger Things. L. Yeah. Oh, she's the wrong one. She's the wrong one. You want to be after Robin? Who's 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 that? Oh, oh, you mean uh, the Piggy's uh, daughter, Uma Thurman's daughter? No, the the one, the, the the one that works in the ice cream parlor with yeah, the weird dude. That's Uma Thurman's daughter. In real life, or yeah, in real life, and Ethan Hawke. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, she's the one. Well, no, the real one is Piggy's um, sister, right? Uh, Natalie Dyer. You see, you know their real names. I don't. Which one, sister? <laughs> uh, oh, man, what's his name? You know the, the kid who dates L. Kid who dates L. What's mm. his, the main the main boy in Stranger Things? I can't remember his bloody name. Whatever. I don't know who the main one is. The, the one who started out in his basement, you know. Jonathan. No, yeah, the one Jonathan's dating. Nancy. Yeah, Nancy. That's it. Yeah. No, wrong. No. Incorrect. No. Robin's the one. Mm. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. on board for all of these people, but uh, are you? Uh, yeah, give me all of them. I spread it around. <laughs> Robin's cool, man. She might be a lesbian. Yeah, Robin is cool. Yeah, Robin is. Cool. I don't I care. Yeah, she's totally cool. I'd hang with Robin. I would hang with Robin as well. I'm with yeah. you. She's she's a dude. She'd be welcome on the podcast. <laughs> right. Enough about me and Gav falling over Stranger Things. That's just let's uh, let's wrap it up. Kets doesn't care about horror movies. Uh... <laughs> but what I do care about is the um, the name of the key item of household equipment we mentioned earlier. Um, shout out to Colts UK fans who have said uh, Dragon Rack. I've asked them to confirm where in the UK they live to confirm if it's a sudden thing or not. But God love Rob Ferguson. He said it's a close horse and he's one of our dudes. So. Unsurprising that Rob Ferguson falls on the right oh. side of history again. Statistically, he just knows these things. Yeah, yeah. He's a dog. He is a dog. Um, okay, well, let's do. Let's uh, let's wrap it up there. Next week we got obviously the Eagles review and a bye week next week, so we'll we'll have a chat about what we're going to do. I suppose it's more the week after as well because uh, we won't have a game to review. But we'll thank chat, God, we'll chat about that. <laughs> Could do with a break. <laughs> I think me we, me and Kets are going to try. Obviously, next week's a bye, so we can't do it. But the week after, we might try and do one of these live game calls and test that out. So if uh, anyone in the patreon's interested let me know i'll, I'll post on the, on the patreon uh, next week probably just to gauge people's interest if they actually want to do that and uh we might do some twitter spaces after the games from now on as well do you want to do one this week? oh no, you'll be in london won't you okay after the uh, the next game after the eagles game we'll we'll but directly after yeah yeah we're gonna try and see you know do we, even if it's just me and kept wittering on for you know 20 minutes about the game straight after we'll get some live takes you know where i'm still riled up about something yeah, you'll have yeah, real anger fun, and actually. virulence. That might be fun. I think it'll be different from this. I think this by the time we get to like the Wednesday, Thursday, yeah, this I'm is usually, cold and dry. Yeah, cold. I'm toned down by now. I'm not angry anymore. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You want some emotion? Yeah. Yeah. You want emotion? Join the Twitter space, which we will make happen. And you know we will deliver emotion and hot takes. Just maybe not the correct scores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As per our prediction games every week. Anything meaningful. <laughs> 
Okay, no, right. Follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Sarah. This for Gav at GM Boomop and for Kets at Kets UK, all on Twitter. And we will see you next week with what Gav says is definitely a loss. Absolutely. Go Steelers. Good times. Yeah!